Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, and we chose this one. This is episode 57, Fast 5, Lap 5. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too, and this episode is brought to you by Ashworth College. Their career diploma locksmithing department is available to you online. There's more to locksmithing than meets the eye. In their locksmith course online, you'll receive real tools, textbook reading material, and assignments and online lessons to help you respond to emergencies, deal with high-tech systems, and master the key skills, pun intended, needed for a career in locksmithing, Ashworth College. I like when you Google Ashworth College, the first thing people also ask is, is Ashworth College a legitimate school? (laughs) It has a website. Yeah, well, the answer to that question is found on their website. So it's like, yes, of course we're legitimate. Of course. <laughs> Why would you not think that you can learn how to pick a lock online at a uh, non-legitimate school? They have other programs, but specifically the locksmithing department reached out to us because, you know, we're doing Fast Five. There's a giant safe in this one. Mm-hmm. Italian job is now canon. Yep. You know, maybe Charlize went to Ash- Ashworth College Ooh. online. Maybe, maybe. So we are here before we head down to Rio to double up our safes and steal a whole bunch of money, then dance a Donza Caduro. Let us do the top of the show stuff. Before Kara joins us, Joe, let's get down to the nitty gritty extracurricular activities. What have you done since we last recorded about a week ago? I think I have done absolutely nothing. Okay. Very cool. Nothing fun. Nothing out of the ordinary. I I had a chill weekend. I pretty much stayed in the house. It's getting cold here now. Yeah, that's about it. Nothing. Keep it simple. I love it. Yep. Last Thursday, I went to New York for work because, you know, every year I go out to Las Vegas for CES. Last Thursday, they sort of had the unofficial kickoff or the official kickoff. I don't know. The CES season, they had CES unveiled in New York. And so the president of the CTA, which is the organization that puts on the show, gets up on stage and speaks for a little while. There's some vendors there, some, you know, exhibitors there showing off some cool stuff. So I did that. It's like a bonus episode of CES. Yeah, exactly. Pit stop yeah. of CES. You know, it's it's nothing really kind of compared to CES because CES is sprawling and massive and this is a very hand-picked 25, 30-ish vendors, exhibitors. So yeah. it was cool to go there. Over the weekend, I did not do a ton, but once again, we were blessed, hashtag blessed, by a new Nicolas Cage movie, this movie called Primal. Mm. I feel like, didn't it come out a while ago, though? Or we were talking about, is this the one that we were talking about with Mike? That you and I were talking about with Mike, maybe? I don't know which one we were talking about, but so he put out eight movies last year. He had none until August of this year, because Mike and I were getting worried, because like it's late July, we're like, I don't know where he is. And then he had one in August, one in September, one in October. This one just came out in November. He's got one lined (laughs) up in December. He's got one lined up in January. We're on on. a cage chain. Like the last movie that came out before this one was called Kill Chain. So Mike and I are calling this the cage chain. And uh, we are are blessed. So what that means when Cage is a new movie come out is that I hung out with resident historian Mike Mansey. He came down to my house and we did our first, our, our, our latest episode of Cage Club. But... We also did our first episode of Viva Pod Vegas, the Ooh. Elvis Presley film podcast. So he and I watched Love Me Tender from 1956. Good movie. Uh, Elvis, not the star. I think it might be the only movie where he's not the star. Interesting. It's interesting because especially like this movie, this, this podcast. Well, yeah, the song. So the song feels wildly out of place from the other in songs the in the movie. Oh, interesting. There is... Is it all Elvis songs in the movie? Or yeah, is it so there's, like four, there's four... He sings four songs. They're all Elvis songs. You can listen to the episode if you want the full backstory, but basically this was not an Elvis movie. They got Elvis. They made it an Elvis movie. They had a different name for it. Then he wrote the song Love Me Tender. It sold a no, million no. copies. And they're like, 
oh, so this movie is now called Love Me Tender, and he's going to sing it in this movie. Basically retrofitted everything to make this movie about him in that song. And the, the exciting thing, Mike and I are going to do all of these in person, which I think is just more fun. Like when we did the Furious, yeah, that is fun. Fast and Furious 6 in person, you and me and Rachel, I think that was mm-hmm. really great. You know, we don't live close enough to do every episode together. It was it was very cool uh, to, to see the movie and just sort of see a different, because it's by far the oldest movie that Mike and I have covered. Cage and Keanu and Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise all started like 1980, 1981. And then when he and I did Cinemakers, our podcast where we went through directors, we basically were like, let's try to keep in this era, like around the 80s and 90s and stuff. Yeah, and so we've, we've, sense, done, yeah. we've done a few things on the network before, and I think we're going to do a few things on this show before. But True. really, Mike and I have not really gone back that far, and just so it was kind of cool, like a different... So, I mean, it's the same thing. You're just talking about a movie. But it was cool to see an older movie and talk about it and think about it that way. So, Viva yeah. Pod Vegas, wherever you find podcasts. And if you ever find yourself down here and uh, you want to record with us in person, that's the only requirement, like I said. Only in person, so okay. uh, tough luck to anybody who does only not live near Only 80s us. Joel. Yes, only 80s Joel. Step Brothers, right? Yes? Yeah. yeah now exactly. on Netflix again, I think. Oh, cool. So yes, yeah, so that was all I did, basically. I uh, watched the Vikings hold on to a win over the Cowboys this weekend. It's true. As we record this, as it just happened, as this comes out, they play the Broncos. So hopefully, it's in Minnesota. So uh, yeah. theoretically, should win, and they have a bye week. So hopefully, we'll be going to the bye week eight and three. That'd be cool. I don't know. Very solid. The, uh, the Steelers on a uh, nice little uptick, looking like a good looking good possibility good. for a wild card. Hopefully, yeah. Fingers crossed. We play the most undangerous man in the league this uh, Thursday tomorrow so night. Yeah, so happened. Yeah, very exciting. We have a Patreon okay. page, too fast If you want to know the next two theme laps or the lap themes, Patreon.com. Even a dollar a month gets you over there. Here's a very cool thing. This was a Joe idea. This is both a way to get more involvement on Patreon, but also a way to actually, I think, do good things in the world. So, Joe, if you want to share with our listeners your idea for what you want to do with some of the Patreon money that we've made, and if people want to add to the Patreon or whatever, you know, wh- what are we going to be using this money for? It's getting around holiday time, so everybody kind of does Toys for Tots, right? Some variation of this. My local radio station does one. As the Too Fast fam could pull some money together and buy a whole bunch of Fast and the Furious toys mm-hmm. to donate to Toys for Tots, and then there'll be like we can we can spread the fam, instill Fast and the Furious love into the next generation down. I went and picked out a whole bunch of like kind of like matchbox cars, some like bigger die casts, some remote control things. My idea was like if you guys want to donate specifically to this, you're welcome to and we can figure out a way to do that yeah i can give i can like i can email people my venmo or something or i'll let you know if you want to donate specifically to this and you don't want to do the patreon i'll give you my venmo we can put it toward this an even easier idea is do the same thing Mm -hmm. go buy a bunch of fast and furious toys and take it to your local toys and email in pictures of what you bought Uh, like i'm gonna take a big picture of what we get um when we pull everything together you know and we'll send it off and hopefully we'll make a bunch of little kids happy with a bunch of cool fast and furious toys which would make me happy we can do some some outreach yes the fast love outreach and so we basically have not spent any of the patreon money in the the last couple months we did one one last job if you will uh one final facebook ad so we're going to spend a little bit money on that but other than that we got a sort of a sizable amount of money i mean not a ton of money we we got about a hundred dollars in the patreon bank (laughs) enough for toys and we're going to put that toward uh fast furious toys so again if you want to be uh be involved with that 
Uh, you can go over the Patreon. And it will or come just... from all of us. It will come from all of yeah, our patrons. From the family, from the be... 2F2F family. Yes. So if you already are on there, you did your part, or you can do more, or not care about this at all. It doesn't matter to me. That's what we're going to do. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, and Alex Ellenin for supporting us over there and helping us without knowing it give give toys to kids toys to tots so thank you all so yeah. very much for supporting us over there joe we have an email address here on the show family at cageclub.me are you ready to crack open the email bag and see what's inside Ooh, unzip me four emails last week we had zero we have four including two back to back real quick since we started talking so wow just Jesus. in time just under the wire I don't know how to pronounce this, and that's the point. I'm going to put this in the Discord chat. That's the beginning of the email subject line. It's a bunch of dots, stars, and ampersands. Okay. Just wanted Joey to read this. I have the power, LOL, Thundercats, (laughs) hua, from Nick Burris. He's taking (laughs) this challenge to, you know, make me read complicated subject lines to heart. It's like ellipses. Ellipses, star, ampersand, 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 star, star, ampersand, 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 ampersand. Yep. I did it there. Ha. I was trying to add a flourish. You just like, you basically read it like a computer would read it. Yeah. If you put this into like the read, read this text. Dot, 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 star, asterisk, 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 ampersand, 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 asterisk, 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 ampersand, ampersand. Thought the guy looked familiar from two to seven. Remember we are talking about... That guy yes. who comes back way, way, way later. With the muscle cars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nick says Hyperdrive was interesting, but he said it was a little bland on the announcing, which I think we I talked agree. about. I agree. That's what we said. Yeah. yeah. We kind of felt the same way. like Because you had the guy that does the UFC fights, but he's not really like the car guy. And the car guy was kind of toning it down. And like the, we needed a Drift King to be the... I agree. By the end of the series, I was more on board with it. But I know that for sure, early on, I was not on board. I thought that they were kind of too bro-y and kind of bland and i think you were having the issue that they weren't car specific enough well because ultimately they're this is a show that they're trying to sell you on the people the characters the participants i thought that it was going to be more car centric about what's going on by the end of it i was sold and i was like hey i really like diego i really like his buddy so like i liked the characters but in the beginning i was like Come on, man. Like, yep. Yeah, but either way, I think they needed Drift King still to be like, this is a cool drift. Look at how he slides. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nick says, I love Shredder. He was my favorite. Love that the German got to come back without a windshield. Yeah, So those are, those are things that we both said, I think. I'm glad that she wasn't injured or went yeah. blind from the glass in her eye. Joe 2, you suck. I fell for it about the Nas purge. More than just Sorry. O2 being purged. A little bit more information. He says, there's two types of Nas systems. One is push button injected, and the other yeah. is in the engine all the time, no button. Yes. That's why I have purge and race cars to clear the line he says steve austin stone cold stone cold heard of him has a cool new show called straight up steve austin do you know this one yeah they they kind of um they advertise it like around the wrestling things like i think it comes on like before or after like smackdown or raw one of them and he pretty much does like he has a guest yeah nick says he interviews people but in a cool outside the box way okay yeah i haven't watched an episode of it yet i've been meaning to he has some cool guests on that i've liked and i mean obviously you know i like stone cold so yeah. Nick says, I was probably, uh, I'm probably going to miss the Brick Mansion email on time, so, about Brick Mansions, I noticed that he was using a Burris scope, very nice name, to look at the rocket. Um, he says, and how oh, Paul switched that. sides again in this movie, too, still an awesome movie. Yeah, he, he loves being the on the dark side of the law. And he says, in, in Fast 4, I noticed how there's so much talking in the third person from both Dwight and Braga. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? We've mentioned it separately, but never together. Yeah. 
because you have Dwight referring to himself as Dwight, mm-hmm. but then you also have Braga like hiding his identity as Braga. Yeah, I think. I mean, they're both ego things, but they're kind of different ego things. Like Dwight is yeah. just an ego because he thinks he's hot shit, and Braga also thinks he's hot shit, but it's also more like I'm hiding who I am. Yeah, it's a sort disguise. Of. Yep. Yeah. Nick says one more thing. What do you think about the word boil? Which I, I guess talking one or two syllables. I th- same thing to me. Same thing. Boil? Like oil or boil or broil or coil or whatever tinfoil yeah i don't know that there would be any distinction right like it's either it's all the same either one or two i think right i say it just is boil yeah. just it's like an elongated one syllable yes but it's one anyways keep it going catch you on the road nick well thank you nick for writing in thanks nick. as always next email from mr west hampton what up fam subject line brick mansions what up fam what's up oh um i saw we saw uh west sent us a tweet beforehand and he was he was pro masonry theory. Oh yes, with us, and I just want to say thank you. That made me feel really warm inside. <laughs> I've been way too busy the last few weeks, and I knew I wasn't going to get an email in for the last episode. So this one will have to cover Fast and Furious and Brick Mansions. Both were great episodes as usual. Thank you, Wes. I'm not surprised Kara liked Fast and Furious, but I'm glad that she likes Los Bandoleros as much as she did. Yeah, she she surprisingly liked it a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So I was pretty pretty shocked, to be honest. A little bit of a teaser for the back half. She really liked Fast Five. My big question, and I don't know the answer to this yet, does she like Fast Five more or less than Los Bandoleros? Like, is that still... The high water mark. We'll find out soon. It's too bad more people aren't aware of that short. Yeah. Uh, Wes says, Brick Mansions was disappointingly not about Paul Walker as a mason, but it was a lot of fun, <laughs> and Mrs. Wes and I are always suckers for RZA in anything. Here are my new episode Same. observations. I don't remember if it was a commentary or if I read it somewhere, but I heard that the reason Los Bandoleros is at the end of Tokyo Drift, the song, I think, and presumably why Don Omar and Tego show over the movies is because Vin Diesel specifically requested it. Oh, interesting. Cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe just like down with the, with the Spanish music music that'd be pretty cool oh here cool this is this is cool so wes on the on the subject of music wes picks his top five fast and furious songs oh he nice. says it's we a tough call last time. oh actually so i don't know if we said this i remember as i was editing an episode i messaged you about it but i don't know if we said it on air tokyo drift like the teriyaki boy song we did we not mention out. like we but mentioned dj tokyo shadow drift song drift you mentioned song. all of tokyo drift we, i want to point yes. out specifically the teriyaki boy song yeah for sure all right he says this is a tough call i know the first movie is a lot of rap rock and tokyo drift is some japanese pop or hip-hop but i always associate the series overall with sort of anthemic hip-hop and reggaeton yes he says barracuda which i think you mentioned is great yeah but i always associate the five six seven eights or any japanese pop like that with tarantino because of kill bill agreed ah Good point. Yeah, good point. I have a Spotify playlist with all the big hip-hop songs from all the soundtracks that I listen to a lot. Well, Wes, send me that link. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have Spotify, but... Thank you. It's sort of a Fast and Furious greatest hit. So anyway, here's my list roughly in order of how strongly I think it is associated with the series. So I'm going to go from five up. He doesn't want the five, but we're going to go five up, okay? Number five, We Own It. Two Chains, Wiz yeah. Khalifa. Good, yeah, that's a good one. And that was like the big. Which which movie was it from? Six. That's the theme song, the opening credit song from Six. Yeah, that's what I thought. He says the fifth spot was tough to decide, but I think all the songs left of uh, of all the songs left, this is the one I hear most often out in the world, and I always think this is a Fast and Furious song. It is. We we started doing that without like with songs that aren't in the Fast and Furious. So I hear a song and I'll be like, this really sounds like it should be in the Fast and Furious, doesn't it? Yeah. But yes. Like when we were, when Fate came out, you were saying, you know, oh God. Despacito. Despacito. Yeah, you were like, that should have been the opening. But I feel like that's the kind of song that's like bigger than the movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not a bad thing, but it's kind of like it it wouldn't be a Fast and Furious song in terms of like what Wes is saying. 
Like it's yes, it's fair. Despacito in a movie. Yes, agreed. So as compared to the rest of the soundtrack songs, is the one I think a person chosen at random would point to and say that sounds like it's from a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. I also do want to say that the opening credits of that movie are so goddamn cool, and this in the background of that is great. As people have written in, and as you have said that hearing the minute when I drop it in the edit, knowing what you're seeing as you're listening, I feel like that song I can hear, you can as I hear it, I can see six. the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Number four, Act a Fool by Ludacris. That's a good one. But that reminds me of Ludacris and the, the album more than Fast and the Furious for me personally, because like that was like a Ludacris song first, you know? Um, he says, at this point, the song is 16 years old, but Ludacris is so iconic, and the whole song is about cars, and he even drops Too Fast, Too Furious in there. So it's an easy one to associate. Yeah. But I guess he, I mean, he wrote it for the movie, right? So. No, I thought Act of Fool was like before the movie came out. But then why does he say Too Fast, Too Furious? I, I think he just says it. I don't. I think he just references the movie. Like they still exist. Like the first one came out, but like not Too Fast, Too Furious came out. Act of Fool, ludicrous song, 2003 single. It's from the soundtrack for Too Fast. And his fourth <sighs> album, Chicken and Beer. That's what I'm saying. See, I remember from the album. I think it came from the album first. But it's only on the UK version of the album. I, it was like a hit. It was like a single, I thought. But like probably here. from the soundtrack is what I'm saying. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, as a UK Perhaps. bonus track. Yeah, it's not on, on the US album, it's not here. So okay. in the US, it only came out on the soundtrack. So it was written for the movie and became a single. Probably they pushed the hell out of it because he was hot artist. Like, the reason he's in the movie is the reason they're going to push the song. Yeah, makes sense. Number three, Bandoleros, Don Omar and Tego Calderon. I love this song, and it shows up in at least three Fast and Furious movies, but I don't think that's enough to unseat number two. Ooh, number two. So what's number two? Don Zacaduro, Don Omar, and Lucenzo. Yes. It's one of the bigger the whole, you, reggaeton you know, songs it. to come out of the series, and Fast Five was so huge when it released that I feel like the song had left a bigger mark than the others. The non-soundtrack version was also a massive international hit. It was, yeah. And that, that music video was a great one, too. I sent that to you and Kara when she's like, I like really like this movie. I was like, got me feeling like this. Then number one, the one I most closely associated with the series, See You Again, Wiz Khalifa featuring Charlie Puth. This is the only one written for a Fast and Furious movie to hit number one, I believe. It's definitely the longest running number one from the series, and most people know what it's about, even if they've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. That's a really good point, yeah. If you hear See You Again, you know it's about, like, Paul Walker. Yeah. Like, without even knowing about Fast and the Furious movies or anything like that, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Because that was the, you know, the Oscar push and all that stuff, right? That, and it's also weird, because this isn't, like, a normal Wiz Khalifa song. It's interesting that that would be, that he would make this song to begin with. Wes says, you misspoke a bit when talking to Kara about Brian's trajectory. He didn't rejoin the FBI between 2F2F and Fast and Furious. He basically got the biggest promotion anyone has ever received. He wasn't even the detective in the first movie. He was just the most convincing beat cop they could put undercover somehow. So, oh, fair. So he's not okay. FBI. He's just he's still a cop in four. Would, no, he was saying between like two and four, right? Isn't that what he just read? He said he didn't rejoin the FBI between two and four. So he got promoted from I don't cop. Oh no no because in two he's kind of like on the run. Remember he just like become like he goes back with the detectives. So he's not a cop, but then he... Like, he, like, just is trying to get his name clean, because they come and find him. Remember, that's, like, the whole point of two. It's, like, they come and get him. Like, in one, he's a beat cop. Yep. Then he goes on the run because he gives Dom the car. Then he's still, like, nothing and just kind of, like, working with the cops in two. Mm -hmm. And then gets a huge promotion after he, like, wins two. He, like, just becomes an FBI agent. So if he gets a promotion, yeah, so he's never right. not a cop then. Well, he kind of... He was on the run between one and two. And, like, all of two, essentially. Like, he's, like, working with the cops, but they're, like, you're not. I think I'm just kind of sort of fuzzy because I feel like we have to also keep in mind that 4 is the reboot of 1. He's just a cop again or he's in law enforcement because he wasn't 1. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily yeah. really truly matter how we got there because 4 
kind of says everything in two doesn't really matter. Yeah, true. So <laughs> very true. Yeah, exactly. Two is its own spinoff in a weird way. On to Brick Mansions. I'm right with Joe on Riz's taste in cars. I made a note while watching it. Quote: Riz's guys have so many nice cars, and he's upset about a shitty Mustang. Right. Yeah. That's. It felt weird to me. Like it was just like a interesting choice. Like maybe Ford gave them a ton of money, and it was like partially Mustang promo or something. But it doesn't feel right when he's like, "Oh man, you know that's my baby." And you're like, but bro, you have all these other cars. Like, that's their favorite one. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't, he's not even like, come on, man, I rebuilt that myself. You know what I mean? Or something like that would give it sentimentality. Yep. Or like, that was my dad's. Uh, actually, speaking of dads, we're going to have a little bit of news coming up in a little bit on the uh, news segment here. So stick around True. for that. Paul Walker looks so weird in the beginning with his dark hair and brown eyes that I started to wonder if my mental image of him is skewed by seeing a, quote, more perfect oh. CGI version so often. When he finally took those oh. contacts out, I felt like the world made sense again. Yeah, like we talked about that a little bit, but I don't think I said that when they first show him like sitting at that table, like when he's undercover, I was like, yeah. that looks like Paul Walker and also not like Paul Walker. Like I, I knew it was him, <laughs> but it didn't look like him. And also like there was like a weird kind of like almost like a, a filter sort of like it was kind of like not green, yeah. but it was like weird. And then he watches it yes. a lot, takes out contacts out. It's like, OK, there, there he is. He returned again. Exactly. The parkour and action scenes were great, but the fight scenes were way too choppy for me. I get the idea that it gives you the sense of speed, but it's so distracting when they literally put five cuts between a wind-up and a punch landing. I've heard people complain about that before, but never experienced it myself until now. I kind of just attributed it to, like, all of these kind of action movies. That's what distinguishes a good action movie from a a not-so-good action movie. And I think I talked about this maybe on the Brick Mansions one, or maybe... No, I think it was probably on the Fast and Furious number four one, when we were talking to Kara about the jumpiness and the longer takes and the fewer cuts. It's when you have more faith in your stunt choreographer and in your actors and you're able to do less cuts adds authenticity. Like, when you're too jumpy, too choppy, it doesn't feel as real, and it doesn't feel as authentic. And I feel like that's that's what I was sort of pointing out. And that's not exactly what Carol was talking about, because there's still a lot of cuts and everything, but I think it's it's a, it's a skill and it's a talent and it's you know the ability to know when to cut or know when not to cut. The stunt guys, uh, like how good they yes. are, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many times you need to retake this this scene or whatever. So like, yeah, I can see it. And that's what happens when you have a movie like Brick Mansions, which has like a twenty five million dollar budget, and you have a movie like Fast and Furious Six, which has like a two hundred million dollar budget. You know, like there's more money and you can hire yeah. better people. John those... Wick. Yeah. There was actually what was the movie? Oh, the new Nicolas Cage movie that Mike and I are talking about was directed by a guy who was mostly a stunt guy and like the stunts in that weren't great and we were like why this 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 feels like it should be better and it's not because we talked about like mike even brought up you know like the john wick movies and atomic blonde which were like directed they were made by the guys who were keanu's stunt doubles his entire career and so they know action they're in there in the dirt right so you know in in the thick of it so it normally someone in that field goes to make a movie the movie might not be great but like the action should be good you know what i mean and like Yep. But whatever. One comment on the Fast and Furious Minute from the last episode. I know you're planning on doing a commentary lap at some point, but one thing I remember from watching the first commentary is that Rob Cohen said he wanted the cars to feel like spaceships going into hyperdrive because the technology behind them is so crazy compared to what we're used to dealing with in our daily drivers. That's where the very stylized stretching and blurring comes from. Interesting. Okay, that, yeah, that makes sense. I can see it. Yeah. That's it for this week. I'm excited to see Ford v. Ferrari. We've been seeing ads for it for what feels like a year, and I've only been kind of interested. Same. But now, I have a reason to see it. Plus, we have our Draft House Season Pass, so it's free anyway. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Well, I'm glad you're going to go see Ford versus Ferrari with us. Thanks for writing in. Always. Yeah, if you, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, next episode, our next pit stop is going to be Ford v. Ferrari. Get yourself to the theater one of the first two weekends it's out, and check it out. 
And uh, it's getting great reviews. Like, it's got, like, over a 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so I don't know. Damn. That's what I'm saying. The story's good. They have good actors in it. Like, this could have been really hit or miss. You know what I mean? We, we've seen these, like, ensemble cast, great movies that are, you're like, oh, I don't know how about this. But, like, this one seems like they put, like, a lot into it. They were promoing it well. So I think it's going to come out good. I'm excited. I'm seeing it as we record this. I think we're both seeing it in three days. I don't really know much about it. I know that you know, we've talked about this, you know a lot about the story. You know it's a good story. And you know, you're, yeah, what, the like, story's the, cool. The little details you share with me i'm excited for it but uh yeah it's just a couple days away so thank you wes for writing in next two emails both from ben milliman so first up i'm gonna do the very short email this is the second one he sent subject line cardi b he says cardi b equals no knees to niece question mark question mark would be awesome that would be incredible what if so like in our in our ever-growing narrative right they're making the movie (laughs) they find the podcast they find out that we're obsessed with with no knees to niece that we wanted to be a part of it because i really feel like i feel like some of the things in hobbs and shaw were just like literally winking at us sometimes yeah you know what i mean like it felt like somebody was listening because cardi b came in the 11th hour right like she was like last minute like just like you know they had one day left to shoot and she shot like you know what i mean like it was yeah in our mythology like they're like oh we need to add someone like who can we get cardi okay and they get cardi and they write in a scene where it's just it and <laughs> what if what <laughs> if the rumor of paul coming back of brian coming back is just for one scene with roman no niece and niece and brian oh and that's God. it and they're just like yo i gotta come he just like comes and he's like oh he's shit like, damn she's here. high school again just like prom and then he walks out <laughs> and he's not in the franchise ever again. He's just in one scene, and it's, it's about no knees to knees. I love it. That would be the best. He's perfect. Like, why'd you bring her here, Brian? <laughs> just, like, walks out. Always a female, Brian. All right. <laughs> Some exciting news here, Joe. Subject line from Ben, Bigger Family. Ooh. Hey, guys, it's been a little while since I've sent an email. I've been working a lot of overtime. Some big news I wanted to share. Our family is going to be getting a little bigger. Linny is going to have oh, a baby. Oh, congrats, Linny. That's awesome. She's in the second trimester, so we figured it was okay to start telling people. We don't know the sex of the baby yet, and we haven't picked a name. Any suggestions? I mean, Brian. <laughs> this baby is named after the baby in my favorite movie franchise, and that baby is named after the star of the franchise, his character, <laughs> who is now down in South America because the actor died. Yeah. Brian. Exactly. Or just Bullet, maybe. And then, but then his nickname could be Bullet. That would be so cool. We just we just totally gender assumed, by the way. Like, Dominica. We have Joe 3. We have Joe Reed. But I feel like if, if you name your baby Joe, <laughs> you know, I think that, that baby's in the air. Regardless of gender, regardless of sex, that Joe would be in line to surpass Joe 2 when he inevitably dies before me and we continue the podcast. Yeah, when my, kidney get, when my liver and kidneys give out. Yeah, exactly. The good thing about... Fast and Furious is that the names are like there's a lot of names that I feel like are sort of passable as like regular like Brian's not you know a rare weird yeah. name but it could also be like in your head like yeah you know, you know it's really four right and then there's exactly. ones like Leticia or, or just Rico Dominic yeah but just you know you could you could go more overt <laughs> with it you could go Rita Ora Suki. Milliman Suki Milliman mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever you want man uh, Twinkie anyway. Twinkie Milliman <laughs> Or a Full House. Just call them Full House. Like like Brad from Full House. Yeah. You're like, oh, fake Ronda Rousey is a great name. Her, no, oh, Denise Milliman. No niece Denise. I'm loving this lap with Kara. I like listening to someone experiencing this for the first time, and that instead of release order, you went with timeline makes it more interesting. I'm excited yeah. to see how she feels about Han when you finally get to three. We are too. That's why. That's why that was like the whole premise of this. We want to see if it if it hits harder or softer or how it's going to go. You know, one thing 
that we did not mention when we talked about four is that Han is in the very beginning. It's like, I think I'm going to go to Tokyo or whatever. Like, we did yes. not bring it up. Kara did not bring it up. So I don't know if she... No. It'll register. Yes. So I'm, ju- I'm just wondering if, like, I was... Because I was curious if she was going to bring it up. She did not. Well, because it doesn't really mean anything to her, right? Like, that's like it's, that's a nod to us, the audience, that had seen Tokyo Drift. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he sends in a car picture that we will play in, I think, probably the Tokyo Drift episode. So perfectly timed. Awesome. I think we've got cool. three car pictures, including this one. So thank you, Ben, for writing in. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats, man. That's awesome. On little Milliman baby. Yeah, I think Rita Ora Milliman. <laughs> Cardi B Milliman now? Cardi B Milliman. Cardi, yeah, Cardi, yeah, it's like Homer J. Simpson where the J stands for J. It's Cardi B Milliman where the B stands for B. Cool. Well, that's all the email that we have. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, let us know that you're listening. Let us know your rankings. If you have your top five songs in the franchise, whatever you want to do, family at cageclub.me. Joe, I checked the reviews. We're still at 17 reviews, all five stars. All 17 okay. ratings, all five stars, all the reviews there, okay. still great and still wonderful. Thank you all so much. If you have not taken the time to review us, please do that. It helps with the algorithms, so on and so forth. Yes, please, and thank you if you have. All right, Joe, on the streets, I feel like there's been a bunch of news in the past week. Like what? So first off, there is a rumor that Dom or that Vin put on Instagram mm-hmm. a video of him and uh, Michelle Rodriguez at a racetrack, and they're thinking, possibly... They don't know. This is just speculation that it could be returning to the scene where Dom's father died. Yeah, I'm curious about that. That's kind of a stretch, right? You know, you see them at a race. They could be at a racetrack for any reason. So I think that drawing, like making that logical jump is kind of kind of hard. Not that I don't say that, that it can't happen or didn't happen. I don't know how much I believe it yet. Like, I need more confirmation than Dom being at a racetrack, right? But didn't they say, like, oh, it's this racetrack, and he specifically mentions that racetrack? Yeah, I think so. Like, this is basically just picked up by Cinema Blend. I think they were the only ones that really made the connection. Like so the I'm not sure. Like, other sites are kind of reporting that they made that speculation. So I'm not exactly sure. I'm still, like, in that weird kind of gray zone where, like, I don't want spoilers, but feel the need to sort of keep up to date. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, we did this last time, though. Remember, and that was a thing. Like we gave it like one trailer. Yep. I think we're I think we're gonna need to do like the first trailer, yep. which should be soon. I mean, we keep saying it, but it's it's gotta be soon. Yeah, they wrapped up. They wrapped up shooting a couple days ago. Remember, we posted that was that. on the news. Yep, and also related to that kind of sort of as Hobbs and Shaw is now available on Blu-ray. I feel like there's been a lot of news and a lot of things coming up, special features and extra things from the Blu-ray. Also, interviews mm-hmm. with you know stunt coordinators and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that if you're just out there keeping an eye on like what's going on, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can like read and get sort of into Hobbs and Shaw a little bit more. Yeah, there has been. You did, what did you you posted an article? There's a, was, like, a stunt coordinator the interview. Scenes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stunt coordinators. Yeah. When we get to the Hobbs and Shaw lap in uh, eight years. God, yeah, the minutes. Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw minutes in 25 years. Oh boy, yeah, for forever from now. <laughs> I know. Rock the vote, Dwayne Johnson president. Are there? Don't any new news? Think so. There's nothing, no news there. And then I'm gonna search the Rock president. Is the Rock running for president? I don't think so. There's only sort of news that we mentioned a couple episodes ago that he was going to be at UFC 244. So there's just sort of like recaps from that. But there's no new news about him. I mean, since we last recorded, Michael Bloomberg now running. But I mean. The Rock not running, so what, what, yeah. can, what can you do? Isn't it, it, and we talked about this. It's a, little, it's a little late to the race at this point, right? Who knows? Who knows? But there's always time. Who knows? we got nothing but time. Nothing but time. Joe, the last thing we need to do before we take a break and bring in Kara, the Fast and Furious Minute, a minute that has to be called for no other reason. Dude, I almost had you. Here's what you want, right here. <laughs> there you go. Is this the whole two money? 
Sancho. Hey, hey, Monica. What's up, baby? What's your problem, nigga? You didn't win. Woo! Dude, I almost had you. <laughs> you almost had me. So finally, Joe, after two and a half-ish kind of frustrating blue ball minutes, we finally have one where, like, things happen, but there's dialogue, there's, like, progression, there's character yes. moments, like, there's stuff to yeah. talk about. There finally is, like, stuff to talk about other than, like, cars go fast. In this minute, as you just heard, Dom collects his winning, picks up his quote-unquote trophy. So we talked about this last time that we were doing the Fast and Furious trivia question, right? Yep. What is Dom's trophy for winning the race? Oh. And it would be too large. Okay. Uh, Letty. 25 grad. 25 grad or Brian's car. Like, what's his real and then trophy, in quotation marks, for winning the race? There's three correct answers, but there's one, like, if you knew, you knew. The idea that I have, and that's it's tied into that sort of, is, or the, the question I had was, who counts the money that Dom wins? Counts or holds? It's the same thing. No. No, because he says, my sister holds the money, he hands it to her and says, count it. Oh, that's a pretty good one, too. But Hector was holding the money... And I would assume Hector counted the money. I think that's basically him saying, like, I don't really trust Hector. Like, I trust Hector, but I don't really trust Hector. Like, I well, trust just, Mia. Just trust no one. Yeah. On, tr- only trust family. Just like Fox yes. Mulder said, trust no one. So we'll say Hector, we'll say Jesse, we'll say Mia, and we'll say uh, Vince. No, Letty. Who counts the money? Yeah, that would be, like, a more tricky answer, right? I'll, okay, so I I'll mean, say... I'll say these impossible, but just tricky. I'll say Hector, Mia, Letty, or no one. We can always come back to it, or we can have multiple questions, whatever. Um, also, yeah. in this minute... Brian shows up the finish line, grinning from ear to ear. Jesse opens up Brian's hood, billows out smoke and steam, and everybody goes nuts. And then we have the iconic, dude, I almost had you. You almost had me. And it cuts. And it cuts. I would like to take uh, a, a little bow here that I assumed that it would be cut in half. I said, I, I think it's going to run a little long. We have to have them pull up and stuff. That we're not going to get the, you never had me, you never had your car. Perfect cut. It's also like, at, in between lines, it's beautiful. Now, the exciting thing, though, Joe, we uh, we, uh, we we have another phone number for me to call. Okay. And I am, so, to our listeners, I am a little worried because Joe said, don't Google it. So I don't know what I'm about to call. <laughs> in, in, in the movie, it's an auto service place. But I don't know what I'm actually calling. And the fact that Joe warned me... Makes me worried. Dom is sitting is sitting there, you know, in front of his car. And the shots of, like, when he picks up Letty and stuff like that. In the background, they're standing in front of Javier's auto service, okay? We knew where UAS wheels and tires were, right? It's in Hawthorne, California. Mm-hmm. I went to look for Javier's auto service. And there is a Javier's auto service mm-hmm. in Hawthorne, California. I'm taking a wild guess. It's probably this Javier. Except... That if you look at where Javier's auto service is now, the building seems a little different. It kind of looks like, I put it in the um, document, I linked to like the Mm -hmm. Google. It looks like the building that, remember when I mentioned there was a van behind the fence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like that is the building that it's in. And I don't know if that's the same building they were shooting in front of then because the building looks different. I can't really pinpoint if it's the same thing or not. And I Google Maps it, (laughs) check this out, from the UAS tire shop, 
and it's about 12 miles away. Huh. Okay, so not close. So it's not like, was it 12 minutes or 12? It's, it's like, it's not close. It's like not like on the same street. Right. There's like a turn and like, you know, some other stuff. So like, I could have seen if it was like, you know, next door to it, right? I, that's what I was trying to figure out, like how close it actually was. Like, was it down the street? Could we say that this is at the end of the quarter mile? But like, no, it's like on the other side of Hawthorne. Javier's Auto Service with parking in the rear has a phone number on it. So you're saying that this is this is a different number. This is not Javier's. So when I was looking, when I found Javier's, there were signs on that building, and I instantly noticed that there's huge phone numbers on that one, and the phone number is different than this phone number. So I was like, I wonder if this phone number works, just for my curiosity, and I think this is still an active phone number, and I would like you to call it. All right. I'm going to ask, so if it's not Javier's, I'm going to ask if it is Javier's, and then I'm going to go into okay. the whole, did you know that you're, we're going to find phone out. Phone numbers in the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Got butterflies. Here we go. Thank you for calling TJ Maxx in Hawthorne, California. <laughs> Thank you for calling TJ Maxx. For store hours, press 1. For directions, press 2. For employment opportunities, press 3. To speak with a store associate, press 4. Hi, is this Javier's auto service? No, this is Teacher Max. You got the wrong number. Oh, because I, I just saw I just saw a sign for, with this phone number on it with Javier's auto service. I, I don't know if you know. Like, you got the wrong number. Okay, sorry about that. Thank you. <laughs> she had no interest in uh, playing my games. She wasn't putting up with any of your bullshit. So, Not yeah, so TJ Maxx. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I've said it on here. I feel like I said it on a podcast, and I don't know which other podcast would be more likely than this one. But my phone number, my cell phone number is on a sign for a yacht club down the shore. What? As far as I can tell, and I don't I haven't seen the sign. I've I've actually been outside the yacht club, but I've seen the sign. Like I know I think, if I remember right, it's a different area code, but the last seven digits are the same. So I'm thinking oh, okay. probably possibly there's a sign somewhere with either the wrong area code or no area code. And people just assign like when, because like, you know, like like local businesses, they won't have an area yeah. code because you just know. Like Pittsburgh's four one two, so I know that it's four one two. Even if my dad, my dad will give phone numbers still only seven digits because, you know, he's from the era yeah. where it's like, oh, you're in Pittsburgh, so everything's four one two. So I'm I'm assi- I'm assuming it's either the wrong area code or no area code, and people who have uh, the same area code as my phone number assign my area code Assume, to the back yes. seven or whatever. But, like, I get, yeah. like, it, it's not, it doesn't, it, it's it's slowed down in recent years, but it used to be, like, once or twice a week for, like, the first, like, month, or like, sort of, I think, like, March, April, May, Voting June, season. They're like, I want to get a slip, and I'm just like, I don't, like, I, I, I on the one hand, I kind of wanted <laughs> to learn. sell them. Yeah, I want to learn the, the lingo so I could, like, fuck with people, but I'm just like, you got the wrong phone number. But then people get, like, really indignant. They're like, no, I'm calling the right number. I'm like, no, this is a private cell Like, I'm not trying to turn away business. <laughs> this is a cell phone. Stop I'm it. not the shittiest yacht club ever, I promise. Boy, don't call this number again. Yeah, like, try a different TLDR, uh, TJ Maxx did not want to play my games. So I Googled the number, and it was like, TJ Maxx Hawthorne, California, and I was like, oh shit, it's a TJ Maxx now. That's why I was like, don't Google the number, I didn't want to ruin that surprise. But at the same time, it, it was harmless, so. Yeah, and you know, I didn't lie, I said I saw it on a sign, that for Javier's yes. auto service. Is this hot? She was just like, no. No. Like, just instantly. Just, what I really wanted to ask her, and she would Javier's. not entertain it, is like, do you know how long you've had this phone number? Oh. But, yeah. I couldn't uh, even maybe, get that out. Maybe she thought you were being impolite, because she was, she sounded to me Spanish on the phone. And she thought you were making like a joke about Javier's auto service. No, I don't. In which case, that would be very insensitive. That, that's, but... that's like a, that's a very in-depth like. Okay, I'm gonna call. T- here's a, here's a plan. All right, boys, you, boys, you ready for this one? <laughs> I'm gonna call the front desk at TJ Maxx. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna instantly get a thing. instantly assess 
the ethnicity of the person on the phone via their accent. Then going to instantly think of a stereotypical name for that people, a stereotypical place of business Garage. that that kind of person yeah. would employ, and I'm going to do That's it all like, in real time. There's a whole YouTube channel of prank phone calls that are exactly that. But I'm not good at that. I know, but I'm saying, like, maybe they have a long history of getting prank phone called by people that like to explore this, and that's very mean. All right, so, so. two things out there for you to do. Number one, uh, send a note to your creator, your favorite creator's uh, let them know that you appreciate their work. Number two, don't prank phone call TJ Maxx. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because she was pissed. Like, she wasn't having a good day. No. It's only 345 we out there. Prank like, it's it's early. I mean, sorry, Maybe TJ she Max. just got a... You know what? You said it's 345. She's probably at the end of her shift. I bet she changes it for oh. So it was like the last, like, call before four. So she was like, I'm not fucking putting up with this. Wouldn't you like, think, I though, like, five. I guess it depends on the day. But wouldn't you think, to some extent, you would be like, yeah, I got 10 minutes to kill. This is the end of my shift. Like, let's just... Nah. She's been doing returns all day. She is living. And holiday season She's right like, around the corner. I know. She knows it's just going to get worse. She she didn't want to be there. Sorry, TJ. Sorry, TJ. <laughs> Any other thing you want to talk about with uh, Dude, I Almost Had You, Minute 22? Um, No, I got some other signs and stuff, but I put them in there. The only cars we see in this are the ones we've already seen. You know, you see Brian, you see Dom's, yep. you see the Civic, nothing, nothing super crazy. And I don't think there's any really kind of, like, we have a section on here. So if you are a patron over at patreon.com slash too fast too forever, you can have access to the Fast and Furious Minute document, and you can see the notable moments slash trivia, and that's just kind of, like, cool things here or there, like, you know, introductions you know of characters. Scene, and there's nothing here. Like, this is where the, the iconic line comes from, but other than that, it's not really a lot. No. I agree. Cool. So, Joe, let's take a quick break. Let us hear that sweet, sweet interlude that Wes made for us. And let's bring in Kara to go down to Brazil, sit atop our perch once again for the fifth time, atop the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro. safes. This episode is brought to you by Ashworth College Locksmith School. Security is a lucrative business and locksmiths offer a practical skill to help protect homes and businesses. The courses at Ashworth College teach you the tools of the trade and as few as four months. Earn your diploma and you'll be prepped to take the Associated Locksmith of America Fundamental Locksmith Exam. Well, thank you, Ashworth College. With us tonight, as we mentioned before the break, we have back for the fourth time for the fifth film, Miss Cara Gayla Regan. Hello, Cara. Hello. So, you guys are probably going to be, like, a little bit mad at me. Why? I oh. listened to the last episode. Of us? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not fine because I was like... Oh, the intro. Well, you, you mentioned the spoiler, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm going to edit the spoiler out. you like, Cara doesn't listen to this. Oh, damn yeah, it. That's Sorry. exactly what you said. Why did you do that? Listen, it was election day morning. I was... Really tired. I was crying a little bit while researching the candidates in my local election. Just okay. crying about the state of things. And then I like looked at my podcast feed and I was like, oh, this will cheer me up. So I put it on. Oh, God. You ruined the whole big surprise. I know. I'm so The sorry. whole reason we're doing this out of order. <laughs> the, whole, the entire reasoning. 
I do want to say, though, I should have cut it out, but, Joe, you were like, no, 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 she doesn't listen to the beginning, it's going to be fine. And you even, like, said it, like, I was intentionally I was very two or three confident. other times. You are like, oh, the one where blank blah blank. Yes. Well, and, you know, well, uh, you don't know we'll how see you next time on Too Fast, Too Forever. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So why don't like just so that I don't what what do you know now? I know that a certain character dies. Okay. I mean, okay. That's all I know. I was also like I was kind of I was gonna tell you like immediately and then I was like maybe I'll forget. I didn't forget though. No, you you're not going to now because it was like yeah. it was the forbidden fruit. It was like sorry. No, don't be. I mean, yeah, you, actually, you should be sorry because I wanted to keep it spoiler free <laughs> and so you guilted me sorry. into. I've done such a good job of being spoiler free otherwise but i was happy to hear you had fun in philadelphia and got to see jenny lewis well there's really only like one franchise spoiler kind of and like because we didn't tell you that uh letty was not dead when no we spoke but about i that. knew that letty wasn't dead in my well, heart of hearts i refused okay. to believe it yeah but we i never mean, saw like, the body also, man also there's like a bunch of other things that are gonna happen that are fun and wacky too so it's like sure yes and in the words of uh, our fellow podcaster april wolf it's not what happens it's how it happens so True. yeah whether you win by a, a cm or a km winning is winning <laughs> what was that from where did we just read that it was the, the twitter tweet, the, yeah. the google translate That's yeah right. that, uh... okay okay well so we are here now talking about fast five down in rio de janeiro so now cara we mentioned it, that we teased in the opening that you had mentioned to us that you really like this movie do you like this more the big question do you like this more than los bandoleros i think so yeah, I mean, there's just more to it. Yes. Yeah, I had more fun watching this one. This one, this is where we hit, like, we're starting to hit a nice fun stride, right? And I think much like Joey was saying last time we were talking about it, I think when we did our rankings at the end of the last lap, five is so much fun. And it keeps growing in its funness level for me. So I'm curious to hear what you think about how five and six uh, compared to each other. I was telling Joe that as I was counting down, I was, I was figuring out my favorite movies of the decade. This and six are both in there. And for a while, I kept saying that six was my favorite because I think six is bigger and crazier and like there's literally more people and there's more things going on. But I think this one is tighter and I think it's you know more concise and I think it's more fun pretty much across the board unless you are one of those people who really loves the early car focus and the early car movies these two are kind of well widely considered the two best ones this one and the next one yeah so with that in mind Carrie you are going to have you've experienced one of the great ones and then you're gonna have one of the great ones next time too so you are really in the heart of the best part of uh, the Fast and Furious franchise right now. So I hope you are savoring every moment of it. Oh, I am. And and we've never really heard of anybody that likes likes five but hates six, right? Like if you like one, you're it's they're essentially like a two-parter. Well, I haven't hated any of them. Yeah, I know, but I I'm mean, saying I, like, like didn't if, like some of them more. But if this was like a really fun one for you, like five and six are like neck and neck. Like cool. Hard to imagine that six could be crazier than this one, but oh. I'm open to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's way crazier. Like you will see, you will like see. Not even close. Like it's so to kick off our conversation, let us play the game that's sweeping the nation. Liam Underwood's "That's So Brian." If you have to pick a moment in this movie that oh. best articulates who Brian O'Connor is, and I do want to say before we play the game that I feel like for the first time, and this is only the, 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 the I mean, I guess it's the fourth movie. I guess every movie that we've watched so far, because we skipped Tokyo Drift, has Brian in it, and this is definitely a different Brian. It's he's a calmer Brian. Yes, he's a more laid-back Brian, even before he knows that Mia is pregnant. He got that I feel like he's more at ease. And I wonder, 
Kara, I'm going to ask you first, two-part, what's the most Brian moment in the movie, and do you think, do you like this Brian more? At the very least, do you agree that he's a different kind of Brian than he has been? Uh, I don't know about that. All right. I still hate Brian. I think he's the worst character in all of these movies. You're going to get some dissenters from that one, but... All right. I just... Think he sucks. You're allowed to. That's totally fine. I mean, there's there's a character for you in here. So if it's not Brian, you're gonna find somebody that you like. I like literally everyone else, <laughs> except for the Rock. Fuck the Rock. He sucks. God. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh, so much mm. dissent. Okay. Whatever. I'll fight anyone I have to. <laughs> well, um. don't worry. He's only mainly in six and a little bit in seven and mainly in eight and then the star of Hobbs and Shaw. So you've yeah. only got most cool, of him cool, left. Cool. Sounds great. His shirts get He's tighter. Not going too. anywhere. So the most Brian thing he does, I actually wrote this down. Yes. During the crazy safe chase, which goes on for like what thirty minutes? It's, it's a long, long time. Yeah, it's, it's not thirty, but yeah, it's it's a while. He like drives head on head on into a couple motorcycles and like all along the way is just like giggling and yelling yeah at all the destruction that he's causing like so as much as much fun as i had watching this and watching the other movies but for some reason particularly in this one i cannot stop thinking about all of like the grave bodily harm that they are causing to so many people in this universe yeah, we've we've hit the point in the movies where like there's a lot of civilian casualties and we just like glaze over them. Yeah. Yeah, we kill a lot of random strangers all the time. A lot of random strangers. Not exactly the same thing, but definitely related. This is definitely the most brutally violent. Like the rock, like Hobbs is just snapping necks. We've talked about that before, <laughs> but like it's a level of violence both inadvertent to passersby, but also direct to antagonists that is kind of unparalleled. Like there have been gunfire, like you know gunfights in previous movies but this is like physical hand-to-hand brutal combat to a level that we have not seen before so who boy there is a lot going on in this movie violent wise violence wise joe what do you have do you have a a moment for your 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 pick for that's so brian absolutely the the most brian moment of this entire movie for me i wonder if we're gonna match you because i have three but there's one that i have very clearly is my number one they come back from the race and brian high fives roman and it's like yeah i beat him and everybody's like dude he let you yeah i owned you owned you and you're like brian you're such a clown that you didn't even realize that dom let you win like it's such a buster move to just like mm-hmm. pretend like you won. That was my number one. Yeah, that's that's my most Brian moment of the movie. And it's funny, we didn't even talk about it. What I love about that scene is that Roman celebrates with Brian. He's like, yeah, my boy, my boy. And then Han's like, told you you didn't see it. And then Roman's like, ah, yeah, I can't, you know, I got to <laughs> stop this now. I got to, you know, I got to make fun of you now, man. But like, know that I'm with you, that I'm celebrating your victory. But also at the same time, you know, he let up on the throttle. So if you were going to make fun of your boy, you'd have been like, ha ha, and like high fived him and then be like, psych you know or like something like that so like that that was clearly shot in two different scenes he's like okay celebrate brian's win and then they're like but you knew about it and he's like oh fuck okay and they like just didn't reshoot the first one no i think it's more like he's just excited that his friend's excited and then he realized oh right he didn't actually win <laughs> yeah that's because it's, it's in the same Roman. shot no there's a cut in between them mm-hmm. I think. the two of the ones that i wrote down number one is when they are jacking the truck or jacking the train and then they fall off into the water. They jump off into the water. Which they absolutely would have broken their legs falling from that height at that speed. Just of course. Of course. That out there. But Brian's like, I had to make a call. And Tom goes, 
Had to make a call, huh, O'Connor? Sh- or shitty call, O'Connor. Shitty call. You know, it's not necessarily <laughs> his fault. We've talked a lot about how, like, he could have made a hard right or braked or something. He could have probably avoided that fall, the plunge into the water. Maybe. But I feel like that's just like a, you know, had to make a call. Like, what do you want me to do? It's like, well, you know, make a better call. Yeah. The other one, it's not a Brian moment, though, actually. It's a Brian moment, but somebody else does it? I think so. <laughs> okay. It's, it's Vince... When he is saying, he says, the quote is, you never listened to me, not when I told you he was a cop, not now, you never trust me, and look where it's gotten us, look at our family now, I can't go home, your sister's stuck in this life, where's Letty, Dom, where's Letty? And I felt like that's just like a very, it's all about me, kind of, and I feel like that's a very Mm. Brian type of reaction to have, even though later in the movie, when they basically, they cast Vince out, they're like, get out of here, you put me in danger, I know that you didn't know, but like your actions could have led to her dying, get out of here, then later he saves her life, and Dom just like, hey, you hungry, and welcomes him back in with open arms, giving the nature of that 180 and that bond that there's always room for family, for Vince to be so angry and petty and selfish just feels like a very Brian thing for him to say and do. Doesn't He isn't really... That yeah, sentiment kind of felt like a Brian thing. I, I can see it. It's a Brian I don't know. Thing. I feel like he is considering too many other people in that situation. <laughs> he's not selfish enough to be Brian, <laughs> yeah. but also fair. But Brian does it sometimes. So he's like, he's like, well, what about, you know, all these other things? And you're like, hmm... But it's just what it, how it affects you, Brian. You're just worried mm-hmm. about yourself anyways. Comparing this to the first one again, I was thinking as we watched this that while we do the Fast and Furious minute, I wonder, you know, we have, we've had so many people write in and say that when they are hearing the minute, they can see what's going on. I wonder, I mean, there's certain things, like the This Is Brazil scene yes. and other scenes in this movie that, like, you're, you can be put right into that scene, you know, exactly what you're looking at. But there's a lot of things here, you're not going to really have a sense... And I don't know if it's just because people have watched the first one so much more, probably, than they've watched this one. It's it's less of a, literally less of a movie, and so you just remember each of it more because there's actually less to remember, or because the iconic images are just burned into your brain. But I'm very curious to to hear from people down the, like, way down the line, if when we get to these later movies, if they know in their minds what they're listening to, or if it's not as clear as it is in the early movies. Because I feel like I like these movies better, but I don't know if they are necessarily, as, as to use Brian's word, iconic as the uh, the early movies. Even when I'm watching them, there's just because they're so long, I don't think my brain can process all of it. So there's like definitely parts still that are that I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot that they like you know are hanging out and like bar- like the barbecuing in the middle with Rico and Tego, right? Like I'm gonna buy you cooking lessons. Like I forget about that until it happens every time. I love those two guys. They're great. They're the best. They are both musicians. They're the ones who I mean they were in Los Bandoleros. They they sang and they're in the very beginning of Fast and Furious Four. They sing that Bandolero song. Like they're both yeah. musicians. They are mo- mainly musicians. I actually haven't looked too much, but I think they're mostly probably known for these in terms of acting. Yeah, so, yeah uh, they definitely are. Kara, what do you what did you love about this movie? This is probably your favorite one so far. What do you love about Fast Five? Is this now, are we at a point where you feel like, yes, I'm glad that I'm here on this lap? Oh, I've been glad that I've been here on this lap this whole time. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. I'm having a great time. The RC car sequence, I think that's so fun. To when Tyrese, like, gets drops the thing into the evidence locker. Yeah. yeah. And, like, actually, like, the whole, like, specialists doing their, like, each one of them does their, like, very specific thing that they're good at. Like, I love that in general, but, like, especially the RC car part. Yeah, that's always a nice thing. I, I do like that... 
Joey, is this the only one that we get an RC car in? I think so. Which is a real missed opportunity. Of, I know. I'm thinking again because these movies so much have we've talked about it before. I have so much crossover with the Ocean's movies, and there's an RC car race where they race an RC monster truck against an actual monster truck, and then the monster truck runs over the RC truck. Yes. And so that's in my brain too, but I think this is the only one with an RC truck. Yeah, I think that it's always a good opportunity for them to add more stuff into it. And like I'm really surprised that they don't do like a an inception thing where they kind of like add the toys into the movie. Besides like we see mini Brian, Jack have a die cast at one point, but like I'm surprised they don't put more toys in the movies for you to be able to buy after the movie comes out. Yeah, another missed opportunity. Yeah, like I want them to like, you know, like somebody has like like why can't we buy that RC car? Like you can buy like Fast and Furious RC cars, but like you can't buy like the one that they're driving in the thing with like a fucking scope on it. Like kind of like um when they had the the Walkman from like Home Alone like the recorder thing like i want like oh, that yeah. kind of product placement talk boy the talk boy yes exactly what i was looking for thank you what else about this movie Kara? do you love like do you character developments scenes moments lines well this is part of that whole sequence love the shit explosion hilarious the what ex- oh, the oh sh- yes yeah, okay the blow up um i also really like the scene between dom and brian where they're like talking about their dads Yes. I found that very touching. So there is news that we talked about on the top of the show that there is a rumor. It's not news as much as a rumor that maybe in Fast and Furious 9 they might be headed back to, and this is I think he talked about in the first movie, but again here ties in, that they might go back to the racetrack where Dom's father died. And so this is very timely sort of uh, scene to see because it seems like they might be heading back there in the next movie. And because we, this, we're doing the Brian O'Connor lap and we did the Brian O'Connor wiki, I forget that, like, until this point, we haven't heard anything about Brian's dad, but this is that's the scene where Brian's like, I didn't really have a dad that you, like, anybody around or something like that. Dom talks about how important his dad was to him. That's the whole, you know, Brian doesn't have a dad thing that we were reading yeah. about. I think there's also, and we talked about this in the opening when we were talking about Wes's email in about cops becoming detectives and so on and so forth and what Brian's actual career trajectory is in this movie. And we talked about this before because I was like, I don't understand. Tej is like, you know, when I when we get this money, I'm going to open a garage. And Roman's like, you're going to get a day job. And I was like, well, didn't he already have a garage yeah, in Miami? I but I feel like thing. when 4 happened and rebooted the franchise, essentially, 2 no longer was canon, mm. sort of. And so I think that whatever Tej's backstory is now, it's not what we saw in 2. But no, I think it is. I think that he was just like, I want like a wholesome garage. Because he had like a tuner garage, remember? Like he's like trying to hustle. He was trying to make money. The point that he says here is that he wants a garage that won't rip people off and like help the common folk. So I think that his just like maturity has changed. And he was saying he wants an altruistic garage. But he's not, yeah, I mean, he is saying that he's like, he wants to take care of the people, but he's not just saying like, I want a new garage. He's like, I want a garage. So I wonder if I just, it, it's just the word choice. And I feel like this That's is an again. inflection thing. Like I want a garage that helps people or like, I want a garage that helps people. So you got, you got a little more than, than 10, 11 million dollars. Come, what you going to do with your money? Me? Yeah. Actually, man, I've been thinking about opening up a garage back home place where people can bring their cars and not get completely ripped off you know what i mean i think it's just more proof sort of that a lot of two doesn't because when we talked no, about the, when we did the diagnostics for brian the relationship the backstory between him and roman was kind of retrofitted or changed after the fact too and i think this is just more proof that not like not that two doesn't matter obviously ava mendez is in the yeah. credit scene here but like it's not like that no longer exists 
But I think that a lot of the story developments, and this is, again, another example, things aren't necessarily what they were. Like, the nah. characters are still the characters. I disagree. But it's not what we saw. Because, because <laughs> Brian specifically says when he introduces Tyrese, he's like, this is that dude that I told you about from Miami. We did that job together. He's, like, aff- reaffirming the two existed. I was going to say that you guys are taking this entirely too seriously, and then I remembered that you have a podcast where you're just uh, watching the whole... these movies. <laughs> That's the whole point of this. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, point. Carrie. You know that. I do know that. I do think that it's it's just you're you're just picking on the inflection of Tej's a garage. But that's my take on it. We'll see what if you have thoughts. Family at Cage Club. Dummy. I feel like with all of that money that he has, like at the end of the movie when he actually has opened that garage, he could get a nicer pair of custom coveralls. It really just looks like he just ironed a patch on there. I think that's kind of the the, the shtick of it, though, right? Like you want to oh. look like you don't have. I mean, you stole eleven million dollars. You didn't like earn eleven million dollars. So like, <laughs> you're trying to be Fair low point. key, right? Sure. With this Koenigsegg that you just yeah, pulled. with one of four cars in the world, exactly <laughs> as low key as you can be with a multi million dollar car. Exactly. One thing that we talked about when we asked you, Carol, we quizzed you last time. Do you know? Gal Gadot's name, and you said no, and we said, trick question, she does not have a name in this movie. Wes had written in, said that like her name is not said in this movie. That, I think that's still true. I However, think, yeah, I don't think that hurt her name in this movie. When Hobbs has his men run a cross-check between known associates of Dominic Toretto entering Brazil via air, land, or sea, or mm. whatever, and they shows all the things on the screen, Giselle Yashar is on screen. Like You see her name so on screen. It. She's named... Okay. So Wes was right, right, was right. and not right, because he said that she's not, she's not, her name is not said, which is true, but she is named in this movie, that she has, her character has a name, and I know that that's kind of, it's again, not great for the woman, but I feel like a lot of the characters in this movie, their name is maybe said once, or not at all, true. aside from Brian and Dom and Mia, like, kind of Vince. everyone is just like, we know these people. We don't need to waste precious seconds by saying their name once or twice but in a movie. But they do say Vince's name a ton on that note. I think it's because it says farewell. Yeah, they're like, Dom's like, Vince is here? Come on, Vince. Let's go, Vince. And he's like, Vince, don't make me yell at you. And, like, he's the only one that gets named over and over again. Like, I think that they're trying to remind you that he was a character before and just, like, triggering it in your brain. Like, Vince, has he, has he been in these before? Because, again, like, Carrie, did you remember him from the first one? Well, I didn't... I remembered his character archetype, you know, okay, and then okay. I was like, I guess that's the same guy. Okay. But like, you know, I'm not great with remembering faces or names. No, because so. I think that's that kind of proves the point is that you just saw the first movie, you know, eight or six yes. weeks ago or Imagine eight weeks ago or whatever. And once, 10 years ago, unless you're the diehard fan who remembers everything and has seen that first movie a bunch, you might not remember Vince. And so I feel like saying his name a lot reestablishing both who he is, his connection to the family, I think helps you, even if you're not sure exactly who it is, but him again, like Carrie, you were saying last time, like, why is Brian called a buster? Him saying buster here, I think it's like, hey, remember this guy from the first movie? They're trying every clue that they can give you without being like, he's the fucking guy from before. (laughs) Like, with a neon sign. So I think that's probably why they say his name so much, aside from the fact that he does die in this movie. He's the kind of character that we want to see in these new movies where, like, we want, for instance, Carter Verone or whoever to come back, or Twinkie to come back, but, like, people who aren't like us or people who, like, aren't, like, the diehard listeners to the Mm -hmm. podcast probably won't remember who these people are. Yeah, that's like Sean's appearance is whatever, so. Who's Sean? Exactly, never mind. You will know him from Tokyo Drift. I mean, you know, a movie that you now know too much about, but I I will uh, neither here nor there. Men in Blacker. 
Just I like, want to men in black myself for many things. Well, I mean, we're all to blame. I should have used beep technology. You should not have listened. Joe should not have outwardly <laughs> spoiled it multiple times. Like, I cut out one or two, too. And he's just like, oh, yeah, the one where Han dies. It's like, well, god damn it, guy. Like, relax. Oh, I do want to say, and I want to get your take on this, Kara. This is the longest movie by far. This is an extra half an hour of movie, essentially. Yes. But I do really like the first 40 minutes of this movie feel I think we've talked about this before, maybe the first lap. Feel intimate in a way that I don't usually remember. Like, it's basically just three characters. Like, there's a a heist here or there, there's escaping from things, but it's just really Dom, Brian, and Mia doing their thing. And I want to get your take, like, did you like that, or did you like it more when everybody, like, the sort of the extended family came in? Did you, and did you feel the, the difference, the dichotomy of those two types of, you know, halves of the movie? I didn't notice it. I don't know. I kind of like when everyone gets together. You got to have them not there first to have them all coalesce later, you know? Sure. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. It makes the coming together much more great than if we just start right. out with everyone. Which is weird because in, in 4, we actually kind of have the opposite thing, right? Like we start out with everyone and we kind of split down. That's a That's an interesting thing that they did it the complete opposite way this time because we like start with like you know the iguana everybody stealing the gas and then Mm -hmm. like we cut back and it's like han drifts off rika and tego bounce you know everybody kind of splits up so now kara i've got to ask the fans are demanding it what did you think do you have any thoughts on the fashion in this movie you know i i think nothing is ever going to live up to that first movie that really just Oh, it's a time capsule. Yeah. I enjoyed the Brazilian flavor of (laughs) the outfits in this. Like, when Mm -hmm. they go to that car party, there are women walking around in dresses that, like, literally do not cover their asses. Like, half of their butt cheeks are hanging out. True. Just enjoyed that to no end. (laughs) Then there's, like, a lot of, like, short denim shorts with, like, wide brown belts, which I feel like are very 2011. (laughs) Now, is that a chunky belt? Am I using chunky right here or no? No, again, chunky is going to have more depth to it, whereas these are just the wide, Wide. flat brown belts. Mia, after she tells everyone she's pregnant, like, is wearing one of those with, like, a plaid shirt tied up, and you (laughs) can still see her hip bones. And I'm like, come on. Come on, you're pregnant. What's happening? They give her like a fairy fake belly bump very shortly. Because she definitely wasn't pregnant, right, Joey? Didn't we discover that? I mean, I'm going to look that back up. I did remember, I don't know if we've ever talked about it. Like, I am stunned that she did not have a miscarriage while jumping through the favelas. Like, they fall, (laughs) they jump off a roof and through another roof, and then she's just fine. Miscarriages are very common. They happen for all sorts of reasons. True, of course. And pregnant women are not as delicate as we treat them, true. necessarily. Also true. So, There's two sides know. to that coin. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's also the automancer element of all of this, right? Like, they are all powered up by just being close to cars. They, I mean, they're not and even... Being with Like, they're family. not even, like, scratched up. Like, they just are able to survive whatever. Yeah. This one felt like more of a celebration of all sorts of vehicles. There's a train. There's... Uh, a weird little dune buggy. There's some motorcycles in this one. Like, it's not just cars. It's, like, all sorts of vehicles. Maybe that's true of all of these movies, now that I'm thinking about it. Also, Joe, I'm not sure what you are talking about in terms of Jordana Brewster, because she's had she has two children, but they were both via surrogate. So she's never actually... Oh, uh, okay, see? She's never been pregnant. Makes sense. So I knew she had kids, so I was like... I thought she had like was pregnant during the thing of one of these. Like she had a newborn or like a very small child after one of these. I didn't connect or know that she never 
carried them herself. We, I don't remember even talking about that. I remember talking about the the fuzzy and hazy chronology of when someone else in the in yeah. not to spoil anything else when someone else is and like what actually you yeah, know what I mean like down, the timeline of all it? that nine months yeah I remember this too I remember talking about that but I don't remember actually talking about actors being pregnant I, I I feel like I just like I was reading it or like looking at her Instagram or something and saw the kid so like I was just assuming that she had to be pregnant during one of these it seems like and maybe the Instagram is a different thing but there's not a lot of information out there about her children I think she kind of keeps them out of the public eye I think that, that was another thing that she said I think that it was like in an interview she's like I keep my kids out of the, I don't know no we read all of these fucking fast and furious like behind the scenes interviews it's been killing me that i can't do that i'm sorry <laughs> i just messaged jordan i just said kara spoiled a surprise and she said no and then in all capital letters no <laughs> she said i was so waiting for the reveal so Same. so sorry i've just i've disappointed everyone don't worry no one's more disappointed in me than myself well we're gonna have to parents. do it in two laps for nico and kevo we're gonna have to do the same thing and we're going to have to have them. i feel like I, I wanted your specific I'm it's okay so it's okay sorry. Not, not gonna dwell on it not gonna dwell on <laughs> it it's have to okay. Let it go, man. We can't undo it. So you didn't ask um Kara like our rapid fire questions this time. There's one specific to this movie. Let me get my point out, and then I can do this. I want to know what the transition, the trajectory is from the end of four to five, where Giselle goes from being one of Braga's lieutenants to kind of being sort of like a free agent of sorts, and then also part of the family. Mm. Because I feel like by the end of four, Dom has saved her life, and she's sort of loyal to Dom in that regard. Braga is captured or killed. I don't remember, actually remember what happens at the, to the Braga at the end of four. After the end of four, like, I want to know in those two years or so what she did. Like, we want very desperately the Han and Giselle trilogy in the middle somewhere yes. here, right? Yes. We but, need, we need like, a like Los Galdoleros. They're both so hot. Like, put them in a movie together. Come on. Oh, just wait. Just wait. Oh, good. I think because we know so little about Giselle, the fact that she's Gal Gadot, she's like, infinitely interesting mm-hmm. and i want to know yes. what happened to her how like how she went from essentially being evil to sort of neutral evil the the shades of gray sort of i think like that's fascinating to me because she goes from being on the other side of things like literally the enemy to now being one of the first calls that dom makes and i just think that's a uh, i want to know what happened how that happened she also goes from driving a car to driving a motorcycle why yeah she likes motorcycles. although i'm really into her driving a motorcycle <laughs> i like Same. it because she's Mossad, you know so she, like, knows all the things. All right, so Kara, Joe mentioned this. We did not do the either-or questions at the top of the episode. There is at least one. I think there's just I think there's just the one that we're going to do this time. Yes. At the end of this movie, you, me, and Joe steal the safe, right? We each get $11 million. Yep. Hell we fucking go, yeah. We go to Monaco. We go to AC. We go to Vegas. We go anywhere in the world that we want to go. Oh, quick question before you proceed. Yes. Where did... Brian and Mia wind up. I feel like they didn't put that on the screen. Like, right? Because Tej is in Goa, Han and What's-Her-Face are in Germany. Oh, okay. So I'm supposed to not know. I mean, well, I think they're just they're, just, they're in a they're... country with no extradition. Yeah. Uh huh. And I think and they're just near. They're near Dom and Elena. Uh huh. And that's Which it. Is... Like that's all you okay. need to know. It's like family. Okay. They're family together somewhere hiding out. It's just like why would they tell us where the other ones are and not them? They like go through the list of non-extradition places multiple times. You know. <laughs> I think that they were just like waiting to start like to pick a place to start the next movie. Okay. Because it's like fair. the first yeah. thing you see in yeah. the next movie. Right, like you're gonna. There, it's it's just like a tropical location. Like it's just sort of, I think, supposed to be paradise. Like wherever they are, they are safe and they are in a place with no extradition. Like they are home is where secure until they want to be. They're all dead. 
homeless Very possible. where you are. What are you, the uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros? Yes, that's that's exactly what I was trying to get to. So now, Kara, we each have $11 million. We go to a gambling mecca of the world. We go to the roulette table. You're going to bet it all. Are you betting it all on red or are you betting it all on black? Black, baby. Is there any reason? Was it from Blade or is it Passenger 57 where Wesley Snipes says bet it all on black? I forget. Hmm, I don't think. Because you, you just watched Blade. Yeah. You and Jordan talked about Blade on a Wistful. Yeah. I think it's Passenger 57. I don't think it's Blade. You might remember better than I do, because you just watched that movie. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I know. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, even though I knew what your answer was, your, your reply to that was going to be. You ever play roulette? On occasion. Let me give you a word of advice. Always bet on black. But yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, so I think black, uh, overwhelmingly, I think pretty much because of Wesley Snipes, it's 56%. So, you know, it's it's one of the closer splits, but I think it's almost two to one or three to two in favor of black so does anybody else like just kind of like retrofit letty into this movie in their head joey specifically no i know that she's not in it but at the same time like she's there in spirit yeah but i feel like i like i remember her like i know she's not in the movie but like every time i watch it i'm like oh yeah the one with the safes and like when i if i think about that quickly i just imagine her being riding on top like with a lasso yeah essentially (laughs) yeah it kind of feels like that and i'm just like oh she's like so integrated because we've talked about this before that like as much as letty's a huge part of the franchise she's really not in that many of the movies yeah because they fucking killed her Uh, immediately in the last one and just wait there's there's more shenanigans to come sort of kind of yeah exactly (laughs) Which you got a sense of, but you don't really know the context of yet. But you will in two weeks. Yeah. It's just very interesting. Like, I feel like she's in this movie. She resonates deep within it. It feels like she's in it as much as she's not. Well, I think she does kind of loom large. Like, because Dom is still very much grieving her death. True. And, and is actively dealing with that in this movie. You know? That's And fair. he's talking maybe... about it. That lady... The Brazilian lady is Elena. kind of there Elena. as a stand-in for Letty, almost. So know? here's a question that I have that I was inspired to ask from that scene where he goes back and she's like, why did you come back here for a $20 chain, you know, $20 chunk of metal or whatever? And he says, because it's worth it. He then says something to the effect of like, I never thought I'd meet someone who understood how much I loved her, but you get it. And I was wondering, is he in love with Elena now because she understands that Dom loves Letty? No. No, no, no. I think that's some man logic. That would make well, sense I don't to think me. he's in love with her. He he maybe has some he hard eyes her. for her. Or he loves her, but he's not in love with her. I can't spoil things, but I mean, things are more serious than, you're, you, than you have maybe seen so far. And you're going to find that very early in the next movie. Yeah. Things are kind of serious between the two of them in a way that feels a little disrespectful to Letty, but also not, I don't know. He's hurting, you know, and here's this woman, she's tough. You know, what was that thing that he said about her, or was that him that said something about Hobbs the... says she's got a great smile. No, no, no. The grease under about the fingernails Letty. thing. Oh, about 80% angel, 20% devil? Yeah. yeah, that woman is clearly exactly that. You know what I mean? Like, she's Letty? tough. The Brazilian lady. Oh, so you're saying Elena fits this picture, too. Yes. And here's this vacuum in his life that has been left by the death of this woman that he loved so much. Here's this other woman who's the same approximate size and shape. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't mean that, like, literally, although that is literally it's, true. It's but literally like, true. I just, yeah. like, the same she fits kind the of mold. textured character who has also lost somebody that she loved. They can find common ground. They can bond on that. And some sexy 
feelings, some romantic feelings might happen like as a chemical reaction, but that's not love. That's just like we're two very sad and lonely people who are grieving the death of the people that we loved and we're coming together. Well, we will circle back on this in two weeks and we will get an update then. I do think that in a way that I've never really thought about that Elena is kind of a like a slightly more stereotypically feminine Mm -hmm. version of Letty. Yeah. But she's like a cop too, like a badass cop. So she's like a little less butch than Letty but not that much. Yes. I think she's a, she's got a little bit of a softness to her. She does. That Letty does not necessarily... That I think Letty has, but that Letty doesn't necessarily show right. outwardly in these movies. Yes. Yep. Which I think is an interesting... Like they, I think they're obviously similar, but I don't know if I ever really thought about how similar they were until tonight. So thank you for that, Kara. Yeah, I mean, like, for. we definitely... We definitely thought about it, but you're right. Like, they are pretty much a carbon copy. They fit very nicely, and your analogy is perfect. That, like, she fits in the same shape as Letty. Like, they're, like, right over top of each other. Like, that's actually a very common thing to happen when people, like, lose a romantic partner. Yeah, like, a lot of times, you know, it'll be, like, almost kind of creepy when they start dating again. Because it's like, whoa, like... You just found somebody who sounds and looks and is the same yep. texture as that person that you lost. Dom claims to appreciate a, a, a fine a body, fine body of, any, of make. any make, mm-hmm. but he clearly has a type. So It's just yeah. different hair color, man. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hated Gal Gadot's hair color in this. It's like a lighter, oh. almost blonde. Hated oh, it. really? Yeah, I like her better with dark hair. Any possibility but fair like, point yeah. same i'm not that's I, I think that i was just more distracted by just like i don't even have a preference it's like anything <laughs> is totally fine by me hi rachel <laughs> i do like that and this is again going back to the age-old question of like how much of a clown is roman and how much of a clown should roman be how competent should he be because as it goes on you know i really don't like where he winds up in fate but i really think it's kind of funny in a way that is not necessarily good but I think it says a lot about his character that he is hired. Like when they have the Ocean's Eleven building a team montage, they're like, we want the guy with circuits. We want a guy who can talk his way out of anything, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. We want a chameleon. Like they literally bring Roman. I know that they bring Roman on because he's part of the family, because he's Brian's guy. Yeah. But they literally bring him on because he can talk his way into or out of anything. And they're like, okay, cool, Roman. Here's your time to shine. And he fails. He fails <laughs> miserably. He doesn't seem to be able to talk himself out of things to talk himself into things yes but to like actually get out of a situation it doesn't seem like he has that half of the skill set no he's not good at things and obviously like this takes place in brazil there's like a different racial dynamic but i feel like sending a black man into a police station of the people who are going to pass through like no questions asked whatever like maybe not him yeah like why don't you send rico and tego in right like because they, they kind of most blend like i understand that you have him there because he is the one who's supposed to be able to talk his way into and out of anything but like you have a guy who's literally who, who's brought on to be a chameleon right right they're like we need a chameleon there's han <laughs> and han that skill set is not utilized at all whatsoever <laughs> yeah, it's like well why can't you like i understand that like in this case like you kind of need a blend of the two when you basically give Roman, Brian's idea, it says, well, Caucasians, like, it's a tan. Haven't you ever heard of a tan? It's like, well, no. Like, this is very blatantly, like, a terrible plan. Han is, I mean, very clearly Korean. The chameleon, he could kind of pass it. That's why he's there, right? Like, it's... Han does blend in the background. Like, if we weren't watching the movie, 
like, and seeing Han, our attention being brought to Han, I do think that he would kind of disappear in the background. Because, like, even when you're, like, watching, like, him sitting there eating with Gal Gadot, like, looking at the people, like, Han it fits perfectly in the background of these movies. Like, he's, like, really good at blending. But what does he add to the team? I mean, we love him, but does he do anything in this movie? He does put on a cop uniform at some point, right? He steals one of the cop cars. Yeah, but they just need like a warm body, essentially. <laughs> no, but you're but no, that's the that's the exact point. He's he goes with Gal to do the like recognizance. Yeah, and she does all of the work. Yeah, but they didn't know that, right? They brought him in to do it. Well, you never send a man to do a woman's job. That's very true, and I agree. But I'm saying, like, he was brought in to do that job. They didn't know that she was gonna be able to do it better than him. They had like, you know, she was like, you know, second string, but she just, you know, took the starter job immediately afterwards and honestly i love that like it's great that she turns out to be better at it than he does she's better at everything that that everyone does i know i actually cried a little bit when she was driving around inside when they were all like looking to see like who could do it the fastest and it was her and it made me cry a little yes oh yeah this this movie so actually how many of these movies so far have made you cry is this the only one Oh, really? I cry during every movie. I mean, just listen to any episode of Wistful Thinking, you'll hear. Because this movie has, like, it made me, like, most of the time I cry when it's happy tears. This movie has made me cry when they pop the safe open and Donza Kaduro opens, and they just play because I'm like, Mike, our guys did it. Like, they did the job. They they finished one last job. I do want to talk about, though, continuing the conversation we just had, who on this team actually does things that they are especially equipped to do? Like, Rico and Tego do the demolition. Or like the okay. the pipe bombs, they're important. Yes, Gal does her thing. Giselle does her thing. Yeah, we have Brian and Dom do their thing. Tej does his thing. Seems to be like a data specialist. Like she's the one who is like, yo. The great thing about public buildings is that there's public records. She's the one on the computer who's being all like beep boop, which like, should be Tej's job. Stuff. They bring in Tej. It should be to Tej's job. But Tej is busy driving the RC car. Oh, uh, that's fair. He is the RC car driver. That's his specialty. I mean, well, he's his no. Actually, his specialty is circuits, which is the most generic and meaningless mm-hmm. specialty of anybody in this movie. I think it's like robotics but, is what they kind of mean, right? Probably. And you know, people think can equate hardware with software and data, but those are two very different specialties. Without a doubt, the thing that he most is most equipped for, best equipped, the thing that they need him more than anything else to do in this movie, which he does, is actually literally open the safe. Like, they need his technical warehouse to do that. True. So he's there for that. I feel like Mia's... I think she's also maybe supposed to be the most learned one, because in the first movie, she's studying in, in her in a room. Yeah. In this one, we hear Dom talking about his dad, you know, spending, like, every night, like, helping Mia learn and getting better and whatever. And I feel like she's supposed to be... They don't go too far into it. I think she's supposed to be the one, like, the book smart one. Yes. But, like, she's not really supposed to be there, I don't think, right? Like, she's just... She's with Brian. I'm just like thinking of the people that they call in. That they call in Han. He doesn't really do a lot. They call in Roman. He doesn't really do a lot. No, he's useless. Like I love having them all here. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to figure and, out. And like who... I feel like Gal could probably have done Tej's job, right? Between between Gal and Mia, like we could have got rid of Tej too. If they know how to open the safe. Yeah, and they needed his like connections. He's like the also like the network guy, right? Like they're like, oh, we need a safe to practice on. Like, okay, I got it. 
I had a life before you guys, too. Yeah. I disagree about Mia not needing to be there. Because you need a logistics person. Like, you need somebody who can gather the information, organize the information, and then disseminate the information. The man and... in the chair. Yeah. As yeah. as they said in Spider-Man. Exactly. And you she's definitely need that, this. She's a man. She's a man. That's a, that's a line from a movie you have not seen yet, but you will see soon. Yeah. You will see soon. I feel like one thing, talking about the connections and talking about how people know each other and the knowledge and the the shared history, like the fact that Brian knows about the DSS and knows about Hobbes, I feel like that is mentioned in one line and then never brought up again. Like he says something like, you know, when the FBI wants to find somebody, that's who they call this guy. He's Old Testament, blood, bullets, wrath of God. They're like, I know that he's like, I know this guy. We shouldn't fuck with him. And then that is never brought up again. It's like, I know who this guy is. Don't ask me any more questions. No, but yeah, but they've clearly had a run in, in in the past, I guess. Right, and I feel like I want to see that. But I feel like that's a thing, like, you could have, like, heard of this guy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my boss is such an asshole. And you're like, who is it? And it's like, Hobbs. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, I heard about this guy. He sucks. No, but Joey, it did sound to me like they had definitely had a run in it. Right? In the past. Like that, that yeah. he was on a job somewhere and Hobbs came in and like, you know, totally usurped the power or whatever and just like made it his show. Like which it seems like he does here. It seems like he does everywhere. Or maybe they like went to Quantico together or something. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Do you think Brian went to Quantico? No, not at all. He just kind of like so super. We're not it. even sure if he's FBI because we're <laughs> we're we're very murky, and we talked about this in the opening. Which now you can listen to the opening because there's no more spoilers to have. Mm-hmm. But we're not sure if he's ever actually FBI or if he's just a cop or he got promoted from cops to FBI. We don't know exactly what his training is. It seems murky at best. Now that The Rock has showed up and I have some context for his character, I want to know more about the beef between him and Vin Diesel, like behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's not much to know. They just refuse to work together. Yeah, the TLDR of it is basically The Rock thinks Vin Diesel is a diva, and The Rock is like this very hardworking actor, and apparently there are just a lot of personality clashes, and I think whatever extent of this is true, Vin Diesel is maybe upset that when this kind of became The Rock's franchise, which is sort of what tends to happen. Yeah. Like he's Mm -hmm. franchise Viagra, he comes in, makes the franchise bigger, and then kind of becomes the face of that franchise. And this is very clearly Vin Diesel's franchise, at least, you know, to a lot of people into Vin Diesel, like, this is, like, this is his baby, right? I think that there was a lot of hurt feelings there, and then he probably didn't behave well on set. From there, I think it just became, like, a clash of egos, and then The Rock on Instagram one time called that a bunch of candy asses on the set of The Fast and Furious. They can't really be in the same room together. Tyrese is on, is Team Vin. And Joe, do we know anybody else? Is anybody else who, like, has come out and publicly, you know, pledged allegiance to one side or the other? No, but it really seems like a lot of the the family is, like, Team Vin, right? They would have to be. Some guy just walks in here and is like, I'm here to save this franchise. Yeah, like, Jack and all our stees. Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking, too. The reason that I wanted to know more about it is because we did watch Los Bandoleros, which is directed by Vin Diesel and mm-hmm. has like a very strong political message I felt political socio-political message about you know the haves and the have-nots and our corrupt world that we live in mm-hmm. and The Rock is a fucking Republican so I was like is it political differences perhaps do you think he really is though i think he's one of the good ones there's no such thing the reason that i say that is that at this point in history if you are still identifying as such what the fuck is wrong with you what it's going to become when we have a uh dwayne johnson charlie theron ticket and uh we we predicted it years before it happened we did what charlie's can't run i know but we still want her to be veep yeah i mean that would be is she a republican 
I don't know, but she loves The Rock. She's a mm. South African. What Joaia said is he's exactly the kind of person to unite the country. I don't think that's true. Well, maybe not. I mean, it's almost certainly not true, but in our <laughs> in our heart of hearts, uh, it is true. Yeah. Mm. Again, just like the first movie, Joe, we just talked about this in the last few minutes. The race in this movie, the the quarter mile, the million dollar quarter mile, yes, way longer than a quarter mile. We track speeds and and judge how fast they're going and how long they're on screen. It's very long. My general understanding of like traffic in South American cities is that it's not great. So I was surprised to see them. Like being able to drag race through empty streets. Yeah. I mean, it's just like any any movie in New York where you're like, how can you drive? Like, how, like the average mm. speed in New York, I think, is something like thirteen I think miles an hour. The speed limit is yeah, and the speed limit is twenty five. The greatest, and I think I, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before. The greatest driving experience I've ever had is driving the speed limit in New York at two a.m. hitting every green light. <laughs> yes. like, it just Ooh, feels yeah. like you're yes. flying through the city. One. And you're doing 25 miles an oh, hour. I it's like, I man. don't understand. It and so it's nice. amazing. It does it. feel amazing. And you get, like, especially if you're, like, going up one of those avenues that, like, doesn't have a hill or anything. You can mm-hmm. just see them all. And you're like, yeah, green lights for miles, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of this movie, I think this is the last new note that I took. When they open the safe and Rico and Tego are playing with the cards and one of them like lets the cards loose like he just like he's like shuffling, riffling through the cards and he like shoots them out. Like that's a metaphor for ejaculation, right? Like that's a vis- that's a visual like he just came in his pants, right? Wait, what? What do you think? At about? the end when they're cracking the safe. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's looking at the safe and they're playing with the cards. And he has it he's like has it crunched in his hand and he just like psh, like sprays yeah. them everywhere. Like that's like know. a visual representation of like him oh, coming. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you want to read it that way, sure. Absolutely, I want to read it that way. <laughs> it's it's one of those things, though, like, that's, like, a common thing for me that, like, you know, dropping the glass when you see a beautiful girl or something, right? Like, it's it fits the exact same. It's just, like, an, a shocked, an awestruck reaction to me. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the type of reaction, but I'm just, like, it's a visual, like, shooting out. Yeah. Of yeah. projectile in a an arc, whatever. A release of tension. Yeah. Also. Ooh. Kara, do you have any other notes or any other thoughts about Fast Five? Any other favorite moments? Least favorite? Is there anything about this movie that you did not like? I didn't like The Rock. Immediately, right. I was like, this guy's an asshole. Fuck this guy. <laughs> I can see why they don't get along. One thing that is interesting is he softens as these movies go on. Like, this is, like, he's kind of a robot here, and he definitely mm-hmm. gets, he becomes a character, essentially, as opposed to an archetype. Yeah, he definitely softens up, for sure. I agree. Yeah. It's not that I, like, dis like did i guess but it just was very stressful the whole time just being like oh my god they're killing and hurting so many people (laughs) yeah you get over it it's like it keeps happening but like (sighs) and also we've talked about this before is they announced to you that every crooked cop in rio is following them so it's all like crooked cops and they really don't kill that many people on the street it's mostly crooked cops like even yeah. on the motorcycles it's cops so killing people is one thing like whatever they're dead but like it's it's more about like the injured bystanders you know like an injury can really fuck up your life like i do love yeah. when they're like mia's on the radio and she's like laughing she's like did you guys just take out a bank <laughs> you guys yeah multiple civilians died in that situation yeah exactly so this is this can go one of two ways either you can take this as reassurance that everything is fine or you can condemn it for not taking like not being serious enough about the casualties like essentially in the mcu when like there's sokovia like there's the floating city and like the avengers do that whole thing they like have to deal with the fallout of their actions right like i feel like a lot of what the marvel cinematic universe is about to a certain extent is these heroes 
trying to save the world, but kind of at the same time making the world an actively worse place. And mm. them having to deal, specifically Tony, specifically Iron Man, having to deal with like the ramifications of the fallout of their actions. And kind of like the arms race. I feel like here... They don't address that at all. It's just no. like, nope, everything's fine. Like that Brazilian job, totally, everything's totally fine. Yeah, they don't yeah. like address it even on like the TV, like the mass murderers that like yeah. kill it all. Yeah, like people. the whole time I was thinking, eighty-nine people died today. You know, like yeah. just hearing the news report in my head, tragedy struck. Global terrorists attack our city from yeah, heard happily from Parks and Rec. Yes, it's not that I'm like that concerned about the civilian casualties because obviously this is an action movie there was just something about this one that the whole time i was like oh god oh no oh <laughs> that person definitely just got decapitated yeah because they take out like whole lamp posts and like half of the block and stuff they could have killed an entire bus full of people mm-hmm. it's not even so much like what happens but the fact that like n- not a single one of them seems to show even like a little bit of concern <laughs> About it. Like, oops. They're still joyous you know? while they're Instead, doing it. Instead, yeah, Brian's just giggling and yelling, yeah. Oh, YOLO. Somebody says you only live once. And I wrote down they what do. year was YOLO a thing. And it turns out 2011, the year okay. this came Perfectly out. Perfectly timed. Because mm-hmm. this movie was probably finished filming in like 2010. So this might have been ahead of the curve. Mm, beat Drake to the punch. Mm. I thought it was really cute that Dom and Brian do like some literal tandem driving. Like mm-hmm. They're like bound together, driving together. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Oh, the horrendous noise that those dragging safes would have made in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and how and how frictionless it seems, right? Yeah, like there's not even really like sparks flying or anything. But I was really thinking about the noise, just watching it and thinking like, oh, those would have made like a really terrible noise. Yeah, in like real a life. screeching, like mm-hmm. grinding. It's so loud. Yeah, but it's just like you hear like a little bit of like, like swish, a swish. Some, somebody dragging something on concrete. Oh, I wrote down. Oh, here comes the Nas because the, the, the whole movie there's no Nas until the end. Yeah, you just need to you just need that one last tug on the safe. Nas becomes less and less important, and that's like one of the the most horrible things about these movies. <laughs> it gets left by the wayside, and I get really sad about it. Joe, did you catch anything this time around that you want to talk about that we have not talked about yet? No, I think I brought it. I brought up the things that I wanted to talk about. Oh, I had a question. Yes, that has literally nothing to do with these movies other than cars. What's your Barbie dream car? What do you, what do you mean? What's the car? Like, that... what is your Barbie dream car? Like, what is your dream car? I have a dream car. A late '90s, early 2000 Porsche 911 Turbo. Cool. Yeah, that's like my old man dream car. To me, when you say Barbie dream car, though, I just think of a Mazda Miata. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> My dad had one of those. Well, Kara, do you have a Barbie dream car. dream car? Well, I have a few of them. One is a Jurassic Park Jeep. Oh, mm-hmm. movie. That'd yes, cool. okay. And the second one is like an old beat up pickup truck in a fun color. Ooh. I don't okay. even, it's not even like a specific one. I'll take a Ford, I'll take a Chevy, or even one of those great uh, Toyota, what were those? The Toyota uh, FJ? Maybe. Yeah, whatever their pickup truck was. Oh, no, no. I just love old pickup trucks. Tacoma is a... Maybe. I don't know. I don't really care. (laughs) It's okay. I just want a pickup truck. My one friend was Croatian. He was like, why don't you have a pickup truck? And I was like, why would I need a pickup truck? (laughs) And he's like, because you live in America. Like, you should just have one. And I was like... Oh, how sweet. Yeah, it was like a very... I love that idea. It was a very sweet thought. What about you, Joey? 
I don't know if I have one. I When I was little, my Barbie dream car was a uh, Dodge Viper. Oh, that's cool. But I don't know that I have thought about that car in a while until this, this very question. Realistically, my Barbie dream car is a car that I don't necessarily have to drive. Like, I like driving. I don't mind driving. But if I can get, you know, I go to CES every year, I can see these self-driving cars. Give me something that I can just get around in and I can, you know, get some time back. Like, give me that. I don't care what it is. Just keep me safe and let me do other things. Joey, Joey yeah. and I talk about this offline a lot. Like, this is anti-gearhead of me to say, but I'm, like, with him. Where, like, if I could sleep and just arrive in my destination and the car would just do, like, all the work, I'd be totally fine with it. Also, like, people drive, like, fucking idiots, so, like, if we were all on, like, this grid thing that would just, like, the cars could go as fast as possible, they're all just, like, chained together, like, this Well, the irony, it's not really the irony, but the irony is that if everybody was in a self-driving car, we would go slower but get there faster. You're absolutely right. Like, you wouldn't have to, like, rocket through things. Yes, exactly. There's no gridlock, there's no slowdowns, because people are like, ooh, flashing lights, what's this about? Oh, there's nothing here? Rubbernecking, no, nothing. None of these things. You just arrive at your destination. And, like I said, ultimately, I just want to be able to, like, sleep in the car, like, dick around, and then just be like, oh, I'm here, cool. Like, a a two-hour drive that, like, you're not actually driving would be great. You could just, like, arrive at all kinds of destinations. Or, like, start your car and, like, wake up in a new city. Like, I'd be like, oh, man, like, I want to really interesting thing about seeing the kind of these kind of self-driving concept cars because they're only concept cars like there's there's some level of autonomy there's ultimately like an autonomous level five car is the one that like is just that's the dream that's the goal like we're on two or three now i think like there's like one i think is like assistance and i don't remember exactly the breakdown anyway we're in the middle we got a ways to go before five but the idea of like what an inside of a car looks like wouldn't look like a car like you wouldn't need to be two seats in the front two in the back like you could have you could like a little pod yeah it could be anything you want like you can have like instead of like a window it could be like a screen like all sorts of stuff like it's exciting to think about how to reinvent that i googled old toyota pickup truck and truly did find my barbie dream car which i just what is messaged it? you guys mm. so it's like oh, an 80s yeah. toyota tacoma pickup truck with one of those like and covers on the back and it's like teal it's teal which is my favorite color oh yeah. awesome this is it this, this is, is very cool yeah yeah you know this reminds me it's not that just the the cabin cover on the back reminds me but I, i'm not going to spoil anything because i don't think you've seen it yet joe but uh in the new breaking bad movie el camino i think an el camino would be kind of a cool barbie dream car too oh yeah like, there's cool. you know just kind of a bad like i think realistically like if i'm not doing a and I've, I've made this clear i think from the beginning that two things number one i don't really care about cars but number two my preference is always toward the american muscle kind of like the old charger challenger kind of thing like that era right and i think the el camino is sort of in that kind of old american muscle kind of car right so yeah exactly that's uh that's that's my my barbie dream car makes sense i like them we both i think you guys both had great answers well thank you and i think you did too thank you sir we have to play a couple games here first up this ain't no 10 second race aka boy do we have a podcast for you have either of you found a tweet this week or do you need to find take some time to Ooh, uh i need a tweet yeah i gotta look before we go through these let's review the last time i haven't i've not looked at last time yet go ahead so last time joe and kara i found hawk under at hawkeye underscore yvette Yvette on Twitter, fuck that Bonnie and Clyde shit. I want to love like Tej and Suki. Boy, do we, we have, have a, a podcast, podcast for, you. for you. Nothing. Mm. Of course. Why, not? Why would there be? Yeah. Joe, you found Blues Buzz, or actually you found Sean ZD at Ghetto Smurf 618. First NHL game with my Cub Scout troop. Then after we moved north, I got birthday tickets when they played the Hawks and got to see Keith Kachuk play. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Mm. Okay. 
Carrie, you found Miles Surrey at HK Surrey. I've contacted Stanley Kubrick Spirit and through a Ouija board called Marvel Movies, quote, weak sauce. But added that he's, quote, part of the Fast and Furious Familia. Really interesting stuff. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Carrie, you got a like. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. One point. There you go. So that's another point pushing Kara ever closer to my score. Kara, you're up to seven. I'm at nine through 57 episodes. You're at seven through four episodes. So, Joe, I want you to hit us with your tweet. You found someone. So why don't you hit us with this? My tweet is from Zero G Spot at Zero G Spot. When I go to Las Vegas and think I will bet it all on red or black in one shot, my conscience is like, and it's a gif of this anime being slapped with a a stack of cash. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Because that's exactly what they do in this, so... It's from January, too, so this is, uh, there's no luck in that, but sure. Yeah, who knows? But here, this is the one I have. I found Katie Babs at CI Babs on Twitter. She's verified. My God, Paul Walker in Varsity Blues, crying, 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 and Deep Blue, and Fast and Furious, and Joyride, and Eight Below, and She's All That, and Takers, <laughs> and Brick Mansions. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. I, what I did is I searched for Brick Mansions. Almost exclusively, the only people talking about Brick Mansions online are, are us. us. Like, yeah. we have kind of cornered the Twitter market on Brick Mansions. But other people are talking about Brick Mansions. So they're out there. Katie Babs, this is, uh, this is for you, Katie Babs. Makes sense. Kara, I got yours. If you want to read yours aloud, who it's from and then what it is. This is from a person named Gus at GM Corsaro. Mm-hmm. Interesting how people like all these fake quirky relationship tweets Mm. but ignore mine when i am honest about my last girlfriend leaving me because i am quote too passionate about the fast and furious franchise it reminds me of letty leaving dom in fast and furious which is maybe another spoiler for myself (laughs) no she doesn't really leave (laughs) dom oh okay good well no well whatever i don't give a shit I just thought that was a good tweet. It's a great tweet. It's a very tweet. good tweet. Boy, do we have a podcast for you, Gus. And honestly, I've been saying from the very first movie that Letty should leave Dom for his sister. So, oh. you know, if it goes in that direction, I would be pleased. The yes. truth, as you can imagine, is a little bit more complicated than that. But I'm uh, sure it is. You'll find out in two weeks. We've got one more game to play. Dude, what's my car? Kara, do you want to guess or do you want to... Uh, help me give clues. Give clues. Uh, this is Wes sent this in a little under a month ago when he talked about Too Fast. So, Joe, this is what Wes says about the picture. He says, I've got a car pick for you this week. Nothing has really jumped out at me recently, so I'm going to go with one I particularly like. Okay. Oh, I feel like I, I know this car. I've seen this car before. Oh, sure. Yeah, this is a this is a car that you can see in the wild for sure. Definitely was in my high school parking lot. Oh. What kind of high school did you go to, Kara? A nice one? A what? public one? A regular one? Oh, I went to a public school. Okay. Was it in a nice neighborhood? I'm trying to get clues. Um, it, it was actually, it was, I'm, I'm from a very tiny town, so it was a regional high school. Oh. Uh, with three towns of varying economic okay. situations. But definitely not like a fancy place. Not a fancy high school. Okay. Not a lot of fancy people. Okay. More fancy people in that town now than there were when I lived there. Story of our lives. So, Joe, this is a Japanese car. Okay. It is blue. Okay. Although, for years and years and years and years, I didn't think that this company was actually Japanese. I what did you it think was... it was? 
from someplace else in the Pacific. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Do you under Joey? Do you know what I mean when I say that? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Wes says this is maybe his all-time favorite car. Oh, interesting. Okay. But when he was in high school, talking about Kara, it was a runner-up. Okay. This is a car that has appeared in the movies. I'm not going to go more in-depth than that. Okay. It's been around since 1992. Actually, before I give any more clues, if you guess maybe three cars from the franchise, I feel like you could get this. I'm going to guess it's a Skyline. No. Without even thinking about the car, just what are the other sort of iconic... Supra? Maybe it's not Maybe it's not as iconic as I'm, I'm making it out to be, but I think this is definitely one a that Supra? is... No. A third Japanese car. Subaru WRX. Is it a Subaru? It's a WRX. It is? I was going to say ding, 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 and then Joey didn't say anything. Yeah, I was, I was like, you guys blue-balled me there for a second. <laughs> well, the car is blue. It is a third-gen RX-7. Blue. It's a Subaru Impreza WRX. Yes. Doesn't Wes have a Subaru WRX? I think he does. Or he has he has one, I think. So, Karen, do you want to explain what you thought, where you thought it was from, et cetera, and et cetera? Subaru's, Subaru's the best pick for the car that everybody doesn't think is from Japan, and do you all, did you think it was from Australia? Of course! Yes, everyone of does. Of course! Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get it out before you did. The logo looks like an Australian flag, and it throws people off every time. But like, I feel like the Outback commercials oh. were always very Australian-centric. Yes. You know, also, it's called an Outback. Yes. I l- literally did not know that it wasn't an Australian car company until five years ago when I was like, maybe I'll get a Subaru. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's a Japanese company. It's a Japanese company, yeah. And it's so many people think this. It's like, it's not just you. It's like a common misnomer that like a lot of people think. Between the badge looking like an Australian flag to people and the Outback thing, yep, you're 100% right. Everybody thinks it's like, if you don't think it's Japanese, if you're like, where's that car from? People are like, Australia. It's a running joke in the card groups, too. So to make sure that I don't shortchange Wes's picture, if I were to Go describe ahead, this, I would say that there's a very prominent spoiler. I would say that it's very low to the ground. I would say there's a very large uh Exhaust. Oh, it's an STI, too. That's really cool. There's a, there's a large uh, exhaust on the hood. Yes. It's got rims. It's got rims. So, so this color, the color that it comes in, is like what they call Subaru Blue. Like, when you think mm-hmm. of a WRX. Subaru? This, no. Just Subaru Blue. Like, that's like their color. Like, you know, like Tiffany Blue. Like, if you think mm-hmm. of Subaru Blue, this is Subaru Blue. It's very classic for it to come with the, with the gold rims like this, too. I love these old WRXs, and I do love these these old STI, like the WRX STIs of, of these years. I think they're the coolest ones. Zach has kind of a newer one. I, I'm not sold on the styling of the new ones, and I don't know if it's nostalgia because like I just don't like them as much, but these ones are really fucking cool. Does the STI still exist? Because I feel like since we've it rebranded does. STD to STI, I feel like that has taken <laughs> on a, uh, a negative context, a negative connotation, and I don't know that's necessarily the, uh, no, it's the best name of... for any product. <laughs> yeah, but it's like one of these things it's like for like Subaru technical innovations or I don't know. Let me think. If that's close to what the name is, that's a shitty name, O'Connor. Shitty call, O'Connor. Like, just change the name to something that's not related to, like, you know. It's been around before STIs were, is what I'm saying. Yeah, Subaru Technica International. That's what it stands for. I mean, no, STIs have been around for centuries. We didn't call them STIs until pretty much recently. For all of human history, yeah. actually. Well, I mean, yeah, since the, for the 6,000 years that this, this planet has been around, yes. uh, they've been around. 
listen, as long as there is a vocational school that still advertises itself on television as UTI, yes. STI is fine. True. Mm. UTI is bad, too. You're right. So, Karen, next episode, we're going to be talking about Fast and Furious 6, the other one that people consider the greatest in the franchise. I think 5 and 6 pretty much you know, neck and neck, like we've been saying, the two best. So I hope you're excited. I am excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for you to watch the next one, too. I think it's it's wacky and fun, and, like, I'm, I keep teetering back and forth about which one I think is more fun based on my fun rankings, and I, I don't know if I'll ever come to a good conclusion. Yeah, right now I think I have this one as my favorite by a hair, but I don't know. We're going to have to see what I feel like next, next movie. But in between now and then, Joe, you and I are going to go to the theater separately, mm, yes. and we're going to see Ford v. Ferrari. True. We're going to talk about that next week on the stop so if you are listening to this and you have not seen ford v ferrari it's in theaters now you have a week to go do that or spoil yourself by listening to our episode next week but ford v ferrari go catch it in theaters and then come back next week for that uh Kara, any other last thoughts about fast five before we head from rio to location unknown don't want to spoil anything not really i just realized this week since i'm thinking so much more about cars these days the phrase running on all cylinders mm. is a car phrase <laughs> It is. Yeah, hitting on all cylinders, that's for sure. Well, Kara, thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. In between now and then, so actually, last week as this comes out, your episode about Can't Hardly Wait is out. And then next week, your episode on Jawbreaker, you're still doing Jawbreaker? Yeah. So go check out Wistful Thinking. But for all 26 shows here on the Podcast Network, and all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at toofast2forever.com. We forgot to mention the top of the show, but today, as you're listening to this, if it comes out as you're listening, like on Tuesday, yeah. this is hashtag thank you patrons day. It's a site-wide thing on Patreon where I don't want to brag, but I feel like we are very grateful for the people who support us on there. Truth. And we are effusively praising and thankful of all of you. But again, Thank you now, especially today, your holiday, your thank you patrons day. So thank you all for supporting us over there. If you go to twofastyouforever.com, you can buy the the next two lap themes, get some swag, our eternal undying love You'll donate some toys. You'll donate some toys. Toys for tots. Absolutely. Twofastyouforever.com. Come back next week for Ford v. Ferrari. Then come back in two weeks joining us, you, me, and Kara to talk about Fast and Furious 6. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And I am Caragale O'Regan who remembered to say her name. She remembered it tonight and we are going to see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. <laughs>